Yeah, the love of your hate <laughs> yeah. me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Just let, let me get that out, you know? But, <laughs> let the hate the, the love me or hate me attitude is fine if that works for you, but usually when you have the you can love me or hate me attitude it means most people fucking hate you yeah, yeah. and you're just leaning into it yeah you're not solving yeah. anything it's not a it's not a new personality <laughs> trait that you've discovered yeah a lot of people have been like hey man not a lot of people like you yeah <laughs> and then you're like love me or hate me bro yeah it's it like, oh well they is. hate you i just told you <laughs> to each their own yeah. yeah anybody who's like they either love me or hate me they hate you yeah they, <laughs> you need to focus on the love me's because that is a small shrinking group bro. yeah yeah grow that audience yeah. maybe bit. try to if you want to yeah if maybe audience that that's the key member that yeah <laughs> if they hate you they don't come back right. they matter a little yeah. bit yeah then you're not a performer. You're be some interesting. Guy if hate. they hate you, be interesting. Like be... You, can be, you can be hated because you say like things that kind of, I don't know, I could just go on and on about it. But that's not a real thing. No. The first person that said love me or hate me was fucking universally hated. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's just that's just the case. Like it's, it's that guy that, you know, whoever came up with the term, uh, uh, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't think anything, don't say anything at all. You know that guy was bottling shit in for years. Yeah, or a <laughs> lot of, just, or or yeah, he was just another yeah, asshole, and everyone would just kept telling him how they felt, and he's like, "Hey, I don't need to hear that. If yeah. you have anything good to say, keep it to yourself." And they're all like, "All right, you I'm think, not gonna keep it to myself. I'll just tell that guy." You think you wrote that on his deathbed? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that, that was, was one his half. Yeah, that was like that was his. He hit like euphoria right before he died. He's like. You know, if I didn't have anything nice to say, I shouldn't have said anything at all. I could put that on a postcard. <laughs> and he's and they like, engraved yeah. it on his tombstone, and they yeah. And then everybody just talks shit about him around his, gra- <laughs> around his grave. <laughs> <laughs> like, Damn, this is dying. Has he ever heard of deodorant? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, plus everyone just bashed him at his funeral because they were all just like, technically he's not around anymore. Mm-hmm. So fuck it. He <laughs> smells better now that he's dead. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Who would have known formaldehyde would have made it better? Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> now that he's dead, he's he's being cool about it. Yeah. All right, that's yeah. solid. <laughs> we're not following that gravy he's train. He's finally fucking tolerable. Yeah. <laughs> finally doing what we asked him to do, just sit down and shut up. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyways, rest in peace, Evan. Yeah. <laughs> Miss you, bro. Journey. Oh, the mic's still on. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, we have a guest, as we always do. Um, yes. David Horning. Thanks for coming, man. This I know this is kind of last minute, but uh, we were... Brian and I literally had three episodes fall through in seven days. All for, like, various reasons. You know, like, one was a possible COVID... One was a reschedule due to a family thing. One was because we didn't want him anymore. And uh, <laughs> so it's like, oh, God, I really kind of need to. And I was working on a couple, but no one was like, I can't do like Sunday or Monday. And I was like, now I need somebody who I don't really have to tell anything to. They can just show up. So I was like, oh, you and I had actually spoke a little while ago about a couple other things. I was like, I'll check, see if David's available. And you were. So I wasn't really worried. I was like, cool, because I don't have to do any prep for this. <laughs> Oh, Which is okay. the best type of I episodes did. for me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, prep in terms of, like, it's a little easier because we've already done this. You've worked shows with us, like live shows, and you've been on before, and you have your own podcast. It's not like trying to walk someone through, like, hey, man, maybe keep your mouth in front of the mic. 
or uh, <laughs> hey, you know what? Um, stop saying shit about Serbians. Yeah. Like we don't have yeah. to tell yeah. you that because we know you're going to say stuff about Serbians no matter what. Right? No, and I had an entire yeah. diatribe planned. Yeah, that's like, fine. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the Albanian genocide. Yeah. Shall we? <laughs> finally, <laughs> David's been wanting to talk about it for months. 125 <laughs> episodes, and we're finally getting. Yeah, it. I have a very niche uh, <laughs> set of uh, uh, set of knowledge in my brain that yeah. I want to share. There's a very guys. specific audience yeah. that goes to David's show. Yeah. <laughs> Any yeah. Albanians in here? Yeah. Good. Yeah. Like, like, I hope he talks about the genocide. He's been needing to tell the truth for a long yeah. time. It's I mean, it's a Albanian. rabid fan yeah. base. Believe me, they <laughs> are dedicated. Yeah. It's like goth Twitter. You don't yeah. know they're around. Then boom, yeah, yeah, they're like, hey. Boom, just there. They have a billboard in every city. Is it the Albanian genocide? I forget what it is. Is it the Serbian genocide? I don't know. Uh, unfortunately, the unfortunately there has been a few genocides. So I Probably on both sides, to be honest. Well, there's definitely been a Serbian one. Yeah. 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 Which Everybody's is, Which is it. why it's weird that David's so against them. It's like... It's, <laughs> that, that's like somebody's... That, that's like an entire ethnicity's like bangs phase. Everybody has a genocide phase. Mm. <laughs> going through like, some shit, gotta kill everybody who's not like me. <laughs> they don't want to talk about it, so they refer to it as... When did you... Have bangs. <laughs> oh, yes. And they're like 1870 to 1943. 1936 <laughs> to 1945. Yeah. That's my <laughs> awful German accent. Yeah. I don't know if they had a genocide. They were more of the... Uh, Proprietors, you know, mm. who the Germans? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. <laughs> they have a bad, bad track record. Yeah. They go all or nothing. <laughs> well, I mean, but you know, I mean, by will, I mean, it was just that one little. Well, you can call. I guess their that's their bangs phase too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they were giving people bangs. Yeah, no kind of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of a bangs phase, it was a pajamas phase and free tattoos. <laughs> uh, that's not what we're talking about today. No. <laughs> no, 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 we're not. So, like. Uh, I don't know. I put a story out a little while ago because we were. T- I was. I, I assume everyone knows this because they have plenty of time to listen to podcasts because no one's working. But one of the things that we were talking about a couple weeks or months back was doing some more like podcasts about the uh, basically what's been going on in the economy, especially in the workforce. So, quick summary for anyone that's not paying attention: there's a a large number of people. The unemployment is higher, but it's not due to lack of jobs. It's due to lack of wanting the jobs that are being offered for a, a wide variety of reasons, which we'll get into. Yeah. Um, but you had actually responded and said, actually, that'd be something I'd be into because you do this a lot in your... I don't know if I want to call it your side gig because I always think of you as a comic. That's my main gig. Baby. That's your main gig. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But that's kind of your main... You, you do a lot of speeches in terms of things like with a lot of different... You know, corporate companies and different businesses that like to kind of guide. Well, walk us through like kind of like what that entails. Uh, it, it, I mean, it's all over the place. Basically, yeah. my whole idea is I believe people should enjoy their work. Sure. Uh, not just that, but like we're men, we're biologically predisposed to make one another better. And then by by applying a title like job or you know oh another day another dollar like just doing this to pay the bills. If you don't like the you whole, like me or hate me, yeah, right? Yeah, the, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which actually might apply more right now. The, yeah. the guy, yeah, the guy who decided to start calling them jobs. Yeah, yeah he was one of those. So a lot of people talk shit about him. Yes, Stephen. Yes, Steven. jobs. And sadly, I think uh, what's going on now is that another day another dollar is becoming a little too literal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. People are like I need to make more than a yeah. dollar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. Another day another. Fifteen dollars—that's not even enough anymore. Yeah. yeah. But uh, so yeah. So my my whole mission is kind of redefine what work is because we're genetically predisposed 
to want to help one another, but then you attach this label to it, and then that gets lost. It gets it, it becomes oh, I'm doing this to put food on the table. Yeah, and it's like no. Why are you putting food on the table? Because the people who provide the food want to put food on the table because you're contributing to something. Like it's 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 like we we lose the the humanity of it by attaching like job like job titles and um, you know coming from the service industry how many a majority of the people that I work with are people who are like oh well that's not my job so I'm not going to do it and it's like yeah. dude you're standing around like go clear that dish off of that table or go help the dude in the dish pit who's struggling yeah. and we need dishes on the floor like it all contributes to one another yeah. and so if people aren't enjoying what they're doing for a quote job like they're not going to be as good at it that's going to carry to their home life their relationships are going to suffer they're going to be that dude that people are like thank god he's gone like yeah the funeral close the book on that dude get him out of here <laughs> like and, and it, it just becomes this sad like cycle that so basically what i do is i go through the lens of comedy so comedy is it's a way to explain our humanity in a way that connects with audiences uh, that makes them laugh. And if more managers, if more executives had that mentality when it came to approaching problems and difficult employees and just the day-to-day, -day, if they were... If, this doesn't mean like you're funny all the time. It means that you're open to the fact that things can be funny sure. if you make that choice. And so, like, in the same way, like... I get stressed out about stuff, but I have the wherewithal to eventually be able to like talk myself down, be like, no, this is material. If it's material, I can do something about it. Uh, what, you know, whether it's write a joke or like actually do something. And so I want to teach people that kind of mentality. If this, if this is benefiting me, it can make me happy. I don't need to be. I don't need to be all negative about it. I can change yeah, my the, mind and my opinion on it for like time being. Yeah. There's a lot to unpack there. Like, so yeah. you mentioned like, the very one of the very first things you mentioned was. Uh, liking what you do which which seems like a very simple concept but it's incredibly complex yeah. just because you throw in a couple of variables in terms of you know financial uh responsibilities bills debt family uh i mean we're gonna touch a lot on like just financial anxiety which mm -hmm. i greatly family I pressure greatly yeah. suffer from. oh yeah yeah, but like uh, one of the things I, I did want to start with was the because uh, I, I feel like you'll probably run into this is the the thought and kind of the I don't know the best way to put it. Basically, it's a vibe that gets put out there by a lot of a, a lot of companies where you know you see like, hey man, we were voted ten best place to work in Cleveland or something like that. Um, I can't speak for every company that is on that list. I can speak for a company that I worked for that was on that list. And it's bullshit. Like, it really, really, really is. And I'm not saying that because I didn't enjoy working there, though I did not. <laughs> I was actually part of that survey, and I saw the way it was done. So essentially what they did is, just, like, the place I was at at the time had about probably 3,000 people that were working there, probably about 500 at the corporate location. This is when I lived in it. It's InfoStation. I don't fucking care. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah I don't work there anymore. Yeah. And um, – the way that they would do it, and this was the current management, I think they have a completely different executive team at this point, but what they would do is they, everyone in the company knew about this, they knew what it was, I can't remember what it was called, but everyone knew what the award was, because it's something that we would, you know, parade in front of our clients, like, hey man, we don't have high turnover, because everyone fucking loves it here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's not really true. It, it, it's a, it's a, it was true, and at the same time it was not true. I didn't realize it until probably like my fourth year when I was actually asked to be 
included in the survey. So basically, they hand you, they give you a, a just a, a, it's very weird, like a like a, a Manila envelope just ends up on your desk, and you open it up, and your name's on the envelope. So they know who it was given to. You have to fill out the survey, put it back in the envelope, Jesus. and then you have to return it. So you can't put anything bad on it because they know who it fucking came from. <laughs> so it's not like a survey mm, monkey. Yeah, it's it's yeah. So you're the whole time you're just like, do you think management listens to you? And in the back of your mind, you're like, fuck no. But you're like, strongly agree. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So you have to do those things because you they're like, like I'm talking to the admin. I'm like, what do I do with this? And I'm like, we'll just put it back in and give it. I'm like, my name's on it. Like well, yeah. I'm like we don't you know see which how Joe Burden this is. Exactly, <laughs> it's anonymous. And I've I've and I've done things like that before, where they're like I, I would get like random surveys, like hey, we want to know how everyone's feeling, and I get this email and like please name your job title. I'm like okay, well there's only four of me in my department. And they're like okay, name your gender. I'm like down to two, <laughs> and they're like you know how long what's have you your, been here? I'm like fuck. Yeah. What's your middle name? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Please write your social. Yeah. Let's yeah. figure this What's out. your blood type? Social. How often do you get paid? Where do you sit? Yeah. Like it's that's how a lot of those are conducted. So they're very, very, very throwing. Mm -hmm. So when people end up on that list, I'm not saying that ones that do do it like that. I can just tell you my experience. Some of them very much do it like that. So there's still that fear of I can't say anything bad about my company. They know it would be me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And a lot of companies can be very, very like they hold grudges for sure. And that's. That's what's holding a majority of companies back. Yeah. Is like, tell us what we want to hear, and it's like, it's you should probably hear what you don't want to hear, and then do something about it. Yeah. And then more people will fill out that survey and be comfortable saying, you know what, this could be better, and yeah. then actually address it and do something. And and it's those are the top workplaces, like the ones where so. Even though I like I, I host a lot of comics on my podcast, I also host like CEOs of some of these top workplaces, and I do my research. I, I listen to podcast episodes they've already been on. I, uh, I I look into their culture and I look into their glass door. I look into their blog posts. I do extensive research because you can put anything you want on your website. Oh, yeah. Great place to yeah. work. You can manipulate, you can skew the results however you want to look good to an outside observer. But if you really look and you really hear people like legitimately um, talking about how much they enjoy working there, um, if, if you're consistently... So I do the first... It's called You Can't Laugh at Work. And okay. the first CEO that I brought on, actually, I read about them in a book. It's a PR company out of New York. They require stand-up comedy training as part of their onboarding. And what that does is, number one, it gets people uncomfortable. But number two, everybody in the room from the CEO down to the newest intern has done it. So if you are terrified of getting up on stage in front of people, you can look out and see everybody rooting for you because they have been in your shoes. So without even working a day at this company, everybody has this one thing in common that got them uncomfortable. And uh, instead of like, where do you come from as like the starting conversation, we have common ground immediately. And it's something that no other company uh, does that I know of. Um, and, That's fantastic. And, yeah, very and, and they're consistently on top workplace lists. And the thing that struck me about my interview with him was he said, I am open. I display my mistakes, my vulnerabilities. And so that's what I look for when I bring on a CEO. Because as a comedian, that's what we do when we're on stage. 
What makes us uncomfortable? What did we fail at? Where did we fuck up? Uh, we get on stage and we share that openly with an audience. What if more executives did that and and like asked for help versus like, no, I have all the answers. And that's why there's a big gap in uh, people who are happy with their jobs. And um, uh, I don't. I, there's not really a gap. Uh, <laughs> no, it's, it's, that's it's why a, there are so many people who are a, unhappy with a, their jobs. Yeah, it's a growing gap. Like it's a. There was a lot of. Uh, well, first of all, I would 100% apply to that company and. I bet you, aside from just that, which is kind of a unique and cool and fun idea, you already know that, you're, that the person applying already kind of knows that. Because getting a new job is kind of a – it's a crapshoot. You mm -hmm. don't really know. I mean, I can tell you stories, people I know, that left the company that I was working for at the time. And, like, I got a raise to this place and this. And they get there and, they're like, turns out the job description was complete bullshit. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that I'm, like, doing this. And they had to quit after, like, three months and come yeah. back to the old job. But something like that, I think, uh, aside from just what it does as far as, like, it's a very disarming practice to even come into the company, I think people would embrace something like that. And there are – you're already getting somebody who wants to work for you, which that's the hardest thing. It's not even just – it's the second hardest thing. The hardest thing is getting someone to work for you. The first hardest thing is getting someone to continue to want to work for you. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that is – that that is very difficult right now, and there's a lot of reasons for it. Yeah. Um. The employers had a lot more power before COVID. Some I'd, of, I'd you know say what? a lot I, of people like, like oh, I'm just not fucking going back. Right, you're lucky to have a job. Yeah, 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 yeah. That and was the mentality. Some of them, some of them still do. You know, I, I think I know with with what's happening now. I still think I was talking about this with Jacob Holland over at Gordon Green, and uh, we were talking about that. You know, too, and and I, I think it's gonna it's gonna vary. Uh, fast food, I really don't know. I think fast food's just going to adapt. Uh, I know there are some. There's a lot of McDonald's, but that, that are posting like twenty dollars an hour. I don't know if a lot of them are doing that. A lot of them are still super short staffed. I think a lot of them just won't make it. They're going to go the kiosk route, yeah. And they're just gonna, they're just going to adapt. I, I don't think, I think it's a it's a bad way to not a bad way, but I think it's an incorrect way to think that if you work at Burger King, McDonald's in the next six months, you're going to be making twenty dollars. I just don't think that's going to happen. Mm -mm. Yeah. It's gonna it's gonna shift to automation. I mean, yeah. the writing's been on the wall for a while. Uh, this past the past two years, we've accelerated probably ten years as far as. Mm. I mean, ten years from now, without COVID, we'd be having this conversation. Why is everybody leaving their jobs? And it's really been too many companies ignoring the writing on the wall, whether it's yeah. AI and, and like new technology, uh, but also employee-driven concerns. Like yeah. employee engagement is becoming a, a very important topic. I've been harping on this since I started speaking back in 2014. Um, I, I found a, an infographic, not an infographic, I found like a screen grab in my phone from 2016. Like the number one people that's going to, the number one thing that's going to keep people at your business is treating them like a person and, and like fostering a positive culture. Yeah. Because anybody can offer you money. If you're paying around industry average, that's fine. The thing that'll separate you is your culture. Now, what's that? What is culture? 
That's that's a question that like so many companies that like like Infosision, the, the bigger companies that are like manipulating their employees to to respond to surveys in a certain way. How many times do they use culture in a sentence? Because the more you say the word all culture, the, oh the more God, you say the, the word culture, the less I think you know what you're talking about. Yeah. So it, culture, cult, After a while, culture there came became the same word as orgasm. I just don't think yeah. it's real. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but th that yeah, is. Yeah, you can't use sand to build a good culture. You <laughs> yeah. gotta you gotta yeah. lube the conversation and that's yeah. the culture let's culture. ease it in ease yeah. into yeah. it ease into it let's do some weird shit yeah i'm not talking about the same thing anymore no yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's no dr Sue. that that is yeah. something that companies love they're like well the thing about our culture is you're like something real bullshit is about yeah. to come out of this person's mouth yeah and like it, you'd be sitting there with clients and you know someone like like an executive's like well the thing that's different about our culture i'm like mm, that's not fucking true at all <laughs> i i know everyone hates it here yeah. but you can't it, it and this was a decade ago so there was a lot more fear i i think i don't know if there's more fear or less fear now i truly i truly I'd say don't less know. fear people aren't afraid to be like you know what i will i think i'm happier not doing anything for two months well, I'm just I, I leave. the last six months, I think, but I think even like COVID, I think I think generated way more fear because then everyone got a very, very, very sharp reminder is that how dismissive a lot of places can yeah, be. Yeah, it got fear from work from from workers and yeah. higher ups. So people higher were very, ups are like, I could lose all my workers. Yeah, yeah. And I should have lost them technically like a few years ago, based because they weren't happy. Mm -hmm. But now people are like, you know, yeah. I don't give a fuck. Well, like the, I'm done. Well, here, I'll, just as a, another example, and I'm sure you can. I'm sure you have plenty of stories like this. But when a comp what COVID did for a lot of companies is it made it impossible to hide how bad they were financially. They they just couldn't hide it anymore. Mm, yeah. um, and the company, the the people that made the decisions that got them into kind of like a bad financial state, they were safe. Everyone that was keeping it kind of afloat were the ones that suffered. Yeah. So nothing really changed. Everyone lost their job. They'll build the force back up, and nothing changes. Right. That's, that's I think, the most frightening thing, and everyone knows that. That's why I thought, at least in 2020, especially probably toward the end, when everything was kind of ramping back up and people were getting jobs and then jobs were opening up again. But th that's a reminder to everybody. They're like, damn, this, I mean, I mean, my old company took like eight days, and they got rid of a third of the company. Mm -hmm. I mean, like. They were bringing people on group Zoom meetings and hiring twenty, firing twenty at a time. What about that? That uh, was it. Um, Better dot com, I think. Oh. That dude that just fired nine hundred of his employees over yeah. over Zoom over like a very like yeah. I tried everything. <laughs> Meanwhile, like he's everything. a billionaire. It's been five days. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hasn't even been a week, sir. Right. <laughs> he, Did you try anything? Because you were off Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He already stepped back from his position uh, as CEO because it got such pushback from the market, and that's the difference now. Is because. Everything you do is out there. Yeah. You oh, can yeah, yeah, everything yeah. is out there. Yeah. So and and our generation coming into the market, get, getting a, a larger share of the market, we care more about what you stand for as a company versus ten, five even five years ago. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, it, it's a pretty drastic change in a very short amount of like people are like five years, that's not that's a long time. It's really not. Not not in the work world. It's not a long time at all. It's like mm -hmm. a hockey season. Oh yeah, yeah. it's not long. And yeah. the uh, the thing about and you, I don't think you probably don't have one, but you may have like a LinkedIn. LinkedIn is just work Facebook now. I mm -hmm. mean, people air their laundry out there now. <laughs> They'll tag companies. They're like, well, my company. Just, I mean, they will 
tell you everything that they like about their company and everything that they fucking hate about <laughs> it. And they will tag the company. Like, they don't care anymore. Like, yeah. that stuff is very much out there. Mm-hmm. And people utilize that more. Like, I, I do think it's gotten a little kind of goofy, but it's also very, very helpful. Yeah. Because, you know, Glassdoor... I get it to an extent, but it's also like Yelp. You know, it's it's like sometimes just like nah, I don't I didn't like that place for no reason yeah. whatsoever. So I'm gonna leave a bad review. Right. LinkedIn, I think, gives you a much. I think it gives you a pretty good idea of that because you people can are see, just being a little bit petty. They're like, I need to. I need. I don't want anyone working here because they still need to look good on LinkedIn to prospective employers. Totally. Because they're gonna look yes. up your profile when you apply. And so if you're on here talking shit about every company you've ever worked they're for, like, uh, yes. red flags. You're not getting Huge. hired. So and, it goes and, both ways. And yeah. I understand the red flag too. It's like at one point, it's like, how was everywhere you worked? The worst yeah. place you've ever worked. You yeah. might be the toxic one, I buddy. Get that. Right. I, I do understand that, but also, you know, if you see somebody on there and they worked at a place for like nine months and then they're somewhere else, as an employer, as anyone, I'm just I, I. And people on LinkedIn are open. You can message that person, and be like, "Hey, I've been interviewing this place. Why are we going there for like seven months?" They're like, oh, it's fucking terrible. Yeah. Like, yeah. people are very open about sharing about that. They'll they'll give their actual experience and their actual opinions. So yeah, yeah. It's yeah. uh, yeah. That's a, it's it's really added another layer to. Mm-hmm. The hiring procedure, which has become so difficult for for companies lately. Sure. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what to do with a, a lot of those things. When you do speak to co- – like, obviously, these are going to be a little bit interactive when you're actually talking to a lot of these businesses and companies. So. Yeah. Like, what are they saying to you, like, when they're talking about that? Like, are they receptive to these things? Obviously, they're going to be receptive on paper, but do you think... I still think the execution is super lax. And not that they're not trying. Every company, most companies now have some type of an engagement officer or something like that. But again, in my opinion, they're they're not very good at what they do. And I'm not saying that I could do it better, but some of the things that they're using to engage and just like... I don't know. You really should have been doing that the whole time anyway. You're, you know, it, it, it's it's like assigning a time to someone's shift. It's like, I think you already should have done that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it's very, it's odd. I, I appreciate the effort, but I almost, I for me, I feel like the effort is just for the surface so everyone can see that they have it, yeah. not because of the substance inside it. The, the companies that have set themselves apart are the ones who ask for the opinions of those who the new policies are going to affect and then act on what information they're given so you can send out a survey and then be like see we asked and not do anything about it and people are going to realize that like if enough people respond with the same thing and nothing is done about it yeah it's a problem but really the people who are running your company are the ones who are front-facing. They're the ones who are talking to the customers, the clients. If you do something, so my girlfriend works for a local restaurant chain, and last Thursday, they got an email saying, hey, we're going to be open for lunch Monday through Wednesday of, of next week. And they didn't ask anybody, like, how is this going to impact your staffing? How is this going to impact, like, you know, people are taking vacations for the holiday. The people heaviest are... vacation travel time of the year. Yeah. Yeah. And and COVID is happening. Yeah. And, like, how are you going to be able to staff this? No, it was just an edict from the top down without any input from anybody. The companies that are that are setting themselves apart are the ones that say, hey, what do you guys think? And actually do something about it. Yeah. Um, and it's it's like... That would be like going to an improv show, and they're like, uh, one word from the audience, and someone's like, doorknob, and they're like, camel toe, got it. Yeah. What? <laughs> no, that's not what we want. And then the audience is just like not paying attention the rest of the time because you already lost their trust right, right. away. 
Um, so those are the companies that are really, uh, they're doing better, you know, and, and if they, if they just started doing it good, it's about time. But if they've consistently been doing it before this, then they're ahead of the game. They're ahead of the curve. They're, those yeah. are the companies that people want to go work for. Those are the companies that aren't having a problem, um, uh, finding people. Um, again, too, like you have to offer a path forward. You, so if you want to hire somebody, it's, it's not like this is your, this is a dead end job. Like, if you do this job, if you do these things, you'll get promoted to this position like this person. And you can have a conversation with this person. There's an open line of communication there to get, like, advice and feedback and things like that. And all the way up to the top. Like, if you, you know, if you set the time aside, you can have a conversation with somebody who's on the board or somebody who's a few uh, levels ahead of you. And so just being so, human, like, on that level. Yeah, is like, and that's yeah. one changes that, everything. That's one that I think, that, that I think Glassdoor, LinkedIn... Word of mouth, whatever. I think that's the one that I hear, have heard the most throughout my entire career is a disconnect from whatever you want to call them. The people actually doing the work. Mm -hmm. That's not the best way to put it. But basically, your, your day-to-day employees that are kind of keeping the day-to-day -day operations going and then the executive staff. There always seems to be a disconnect between those two, no matter how much information you actually can relay there they mm -hmm. feel like just they're like yeah i mean you give me an outlet but you don't do anything with that information yeah mm -hmm. that's a uh that's one i've 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 always thought was the biggest the biggest pitfall because i've been in rooms you know now that now after a while i've started being in some of those rooms with some of those decisions and you would hear things just like well i didn't know this was a problem and five or six of us in the room is like how fuck did you not know that was yeah. a problem yeah i know we've talked about right. this <laughs> but it's not a problem that they wanted to acknowledge at the time and now they it's it's they, they they can't and again then you have that fear sets in no one in the room wants to be like nah we told you this like five times man they're gonna like get out of this room <laughs> yeah you know that's the it, it's the that fear portion of it and mm -hmm. and it's it's i don't know a way around that i i really don't because i've also kind of always thought that the people that get to the top of like, especially of like large successful companies, I, I think one of the reasons that they can is because they do have a switch that they can turn off to make some super hard decisions to make the place successful. Yeah. yeah. And that's not something a lot of people are equipped with. Yeah. And not in a bad way. I just don't think that that's, I just think you have to have kind of like a, a, a cutoff switch to do some of the things you have to do to run a place like that. Yeah. It's a balance. I mean, you yeah. have to, you have to have that, but you, also have to be able to connect it with your like you have to be able to have those conversations yeah if i'm gonna lay off 900 people on my staff i have to be open to the idea of having a one-on-one -on -one conversation with every single one of those people like yeah you, you don't have, have to have that conversation that's absurd but if you're not willing to sit down one-on-one -on -one and look somebody in the eye and say hey like i gotta let you go we're, we're not doing great and then take yeah. the heat from that person. If you can't do that, like, I don't know, you, you, you have to be able to bomb in comedy. You have to be able to bomb in life. Yeah. You have to be able to bomb whatever, whatever it is that you're doing. And you have to do it more than you win. And, yeah. uh, and that's, what, that's what I want to see uh, from somebody that I, I want to work for, that I want to work with. Like, what I do, I freelance. So I can pick who I work with. I'm not going to find a company that... I, I had a, a conversation with the head of HR at a tech company that does a lot of government contracting, and their CEO does not believe in like mental well-being, their employees and, and things like that. And that's not somebody I want to work with because yeah, yeah. like you're, you know, that's I can already tell what direction that company's heading. They're doing okay now, but 
you know, down the road as, as they continue to grow and try to scale up and, and hire new people and, and, you know, double their workforce, like, your, your turnover is not going to be great. Oh, that's it, always... It's like a relationship. It's like, yeah, I could get a relationship with her, but I've already been with girls like her. Yeah. And it didn't end well. Yeah, I mean, break it down to that human level. You can like... apply that. You can apply that, that level of thinking to a lot of different aspects of your life. Because like you said... You're going to learn a lot more from the things. Like, you get in that scenario again, you're like, oh, this is oddly mm-hmm. familiar, and this is what I did last time, and that did not work yeah. out. You can do that in a lot. Like, the way you handle an argument, you can remember the way you did it. That I mean, like, you can remember those things. Yeah. And that, that can apply to a lot of different aspects. Work, more often than anything, you can do the same thing there. I mean, we were talking about, you know, our, you don't know this is a problem. We've been telling you this is a problem. Yeah. But you can boil that down to, you know, I run a company with, 10,000 people or a conversation with my wife. How many times does she have to tell me that she hates the way I like, you know, that I clean the kitchen, something as simple as that. And you ignore it over and over again. That's That could be the straw that breaks the camel's back one day. Mine's the way I I argue, by the way. That's the thing that she, (laughs) and I can't stop. Oh yeah. (laughs) No. Like I don't make my point first. I mock and then I make my point. Yeah. And I usually lead off with, all right, calm down. Yeah. She fucking hates that. Right. My my girlfriend (laughs) calls out a a, a passive aggressiveness that I didn't realize I had. And I, and then she was, she's like, why are you being passive aggressive about it? And I'm like, I'm not shit. This is like the fifth time you've you've pointed this out. Yeah, Maybe yeah. I am. <laughs> like, yeah. Maybe sucks. there is something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Shit. That I, sucks I, when you get cornered. You're like, yeah. what are you? Uh, fuck, I did You're that. Right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. Then you sit there. You're like, I'm not mean to her. Right. <laughs> right. But she says, I'm mean. Is she just trying to win the argument or yeah. is it a real thing? But, you know, that realization a lot of times in... in, in I don't want to say all, but I think at least in my experience in some executive leadership is a trait that they'll never show. Mm. They're because a lot of them are just like, I can't say that I was wrong. I'm the leader. I I can't be like, well, I made a mistake. You know, they'll say I didn't have all the information. Like, oh, well, I thought we were going to do it this way, but if it's working, it's working. Yeah. They broke, don't fix it. Not how I would have done it, but if it's working, there's a lot of different ways to make an omelet or some shit like right. that. Yeah. It, it's being able to kind of admit like, oh. You know what? I, yeah, you're right. I said it wouldn't work, and it worked. Great job, everybody. Right. And right. also, most times, you don't want to tell them that it worked. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm like, oh, it somehow worked, but we we fucked it up. <laughs> we should have done what you did. Yeah. But yeah, there is a fear of being wrong, especially in a position of leadership. Sure. But here's the thing: if and and I've been reading and rereading this book by Adam Grant. It's called Think Again. It's the the science of unlearning, relearning, and and being wrong essentially. And if you want to be right, if you're one of those people who always has to be right, be wrong faster. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Because now you're open to new information. They yeah. they found that people who like predict elections, when they change their initial projection multiple times, they're more likely to be right. It makes sense. That's yeah. common sense. Like, yeah. oh, I, I now, like, I'm open to new information. And now that I see this from this perspective, it changes my initial projection. And, yeah. And, and the resistance to being wrong is costly for a lot of people on a human level and a lot of companies on, on a financial level. So it's like, be wrong, be willing to ask for help. And then actually listen to the ideas that people give you and see what 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 you can do with them. I mean, yeah. n- not enough companies have just like brainstorming sessions where it, it just follows that yes and that improv rule where like, here's an idea, sounds stupid at first, but what if, like, let's 
continue to roll with it and see where it goes. And at the very least, it might spark something that's unrelated or, you know, but the second you start saying, no, that'll never work is the second we wind up in a position that we're in now. Like the, we've never done it that way. Oh yeah. Well, we've never done this this way before. Like we've never, <laughs> like none of us were alive for the 1918 yeah. pandemic. Yeah. You know, yeah. none of us were here for the Spanish flu. Yeah. If, if yeah. you are, you don't fucking remember and you certainly can't convey it. To yeah. Us. Right. <laughs> right. But that was a, yeah, that's a very, very good point. Yeah. Every day is a fucking new blueprint here. Right. Every city, every state, minus Florida, is. Re- I mean, they're trying different <laughs> things. Every <laughs> that dude's like, I still don't fucking think it happened. Yeah. Whatever. No. Enjoy your weekend. Welcome yeah. to Miami. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's a uh, yeah. I mean, I think the because uh, you mentioned something like that. We've never done this before. That doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. It's the same thing as right. we've always done it this way. Right. That's not a good reason no. to keep doing anything. No. You it, know, it stifles curiosity. And, Very much. Uh, that's what we're driven by. That's what human beings are driven by, um, and, and that kind of got that kind of got cooked out of our DNA. It's still there, um, but it's like, you know, I, I do this bit now where I talk about why I think the world would be a better place if we all like thought like four year olds. But what does a four year old do? They're constantly like learning and discovering and trying new things. Uh, everything is new to them, and if we kind of approach life with that paired with our experience. Like, it would change the way that we approach problems. It would change the way we approach conflict. It would change the way we approach everything, you know? If yeah. if we're opening, just, just leaving the door cracked enough to be surprised by new information, yeah. like, that would change the way people lead. That would change the way people interact. Like, we wouldn't be having these stupid political arguments. We'd be like, huh, what if you are right? Let's explore that yeah. a little bit. Like, what yeah. if the, I'm not saying you are, but what if this were true? And let's yeah. get curious. Like, Tell me more. Where could that lead? Yeah. yeah. And and it could lead, you know, it to eventually find a common ground and a, a solution to whatever problem. Like, Plus, being a four-year-old, no one would really blink if you shit yourself at Arby's. Right. Yeah. That's right. a concern. The, the world yeah. needs a little more of that. You know? yeah. It happens yeah. a lot more than people yeah. think. Yeah. I mean, I just hide it. If everyone didn't care, I'd be like, it happened. Yeah. Yeah, it happened again. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's a, yeah that, that's a, that's another thing. You talk about like brainstorming sessions. That's another thing that is plugged and encouraged in my opinion, does not happen hardly at all. And I and it happens wrong in a lot yeah. of cases. Oh, yeah, yeah, it very much happens wrong. What what a lot of brainstorming session is, whoever is the highest-ranking person in the room, we listen to what he thinks, then we all write it down and we leave. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, that's a brainstorming Depending session. on the guy, too, you usually just have to, again, you, it goes back, you have to agree, because usually that motherfucker is the one with the attitude when he's wrong. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's usually at the... I, the, I used to, when I worked at the uh, that uh, Mediterranean place... Uh, in the like probably like last year at this time um when i was working there um there all the other all the, there was like three managers they were all like my age right they were like they were like a year younger than me my age and they all got in a little bit they they all got uh the they all got uh the guy pissed off a little bit because he would come from columbus and work every other weekend and then pretty much just be a negative a negative nancy like the entire everyone hated the guy because he was just like he would just be like yeah how's it it was like fake conversation i'm glad you're doing good you should be happy and then it's like all right like you could just tell it was bullshit he would always brag and shit Mm. and i watched this like 33 year old man yell at these 25 26 year olds for the for the pettiest thing and everyone was just okay with it it was like a chipotle thing but i was like Yeah. yeah that's still not cool like i was like yeah those guys should not be getting yelled at for fucking 
uh, like losing thirty dollars of meat. <laughs> well, <you> know, <laughs> like it was, it was ridiculous. But you, you know, you mentioned something like the, the 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 pettiest thing or the smallest thing. That's also a very that's also something that I've experienced and I've seen is that you had like a really volatile manager, director, exec, whatever, and things you think he's going to lose his shit about or her shit about, nothing happens. And then something you're like, this is not that big a deal, yeah. man. You wouldn't even have noticed this. This, is a, this isn't even a blip on the radar. Yeah. And that's something that they focus on and harp on. And then that goes back to that fear of this person is so personally and professionally un just unstable and unpredictable. Like I should know things that that are going to be, you know, a detriment or a longer conversation within my team or my company or department or anything like that. Yeah. But if I really don't know what's gonna quote unquote set off the person that's running things, that's a terrifying like way to live at work. Yeah. But it's a real thing. Because you didn't know if it was uh you couldn't because he would just have like a random switch and he, he wouldn't he wouldn't yell all the time. He would just give attitude. Yeah. It would be the it would be the, the, the you know you know like you know that guy at work that he doesn't say it out loud but he goes I could reprimand rep you for anything mm -hmm. and I'm gonna take advantage of that and oh because yeah. every, every I was I was I loved working there when I did because everyone was kind of afraid of him like it was like the don't speak up thing to him. Uh, and I would never speak up to him, but I would shit talk him knowing that I don't care if I lost <laughs> this job. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, guys, fucking Mike's a fucking bitch. And everyone's like, <laughs> they didn't curse. Like, and I'd be like, yeah, I'm like, you want to hear my impersonation of him? And I was like, what? And I was just like, I'm mad. <laughs> now I'm happy. Still upset. I'll talk to you about it tomorrow. And everyone's like, ah, that's so funny. And then he'd come by. I'd be like, how's it going, Mike? Dude could play at this game. I'm nice too. He walk away. I'm like, he's a little pansy, <laughs> and yeah. we'd all just like make stupid jokes and shit. But yeah, people are still. We've all been I, there, I, I left that job, and everyone like they they were still on that. They were still going down that gravy train. Yeah, that well, yeah, because you actually so you didn't leave this job with no other job, but you actually it, almost at, at a level you did. Cause you left I went back to my old job. You, you, but you left a job that had uh, benefits, which mm -hmm. is huge, mm -hmm. to go to a job that did not because you were just like, this is just, well, a lot of it was treatment. I know you used to tell me a lot of things about that. Yeah. But, I mean, it was like the treatment of, it, there were just a lot of cases where even you're telling me, like, sorry, this happened at work. And I'm just like, they're really taking advantage of you. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't even know these people. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell you that they're taking advantage uh -huh. of you. Yeah. And it's, that's a, it's, again, it's a super common thing. Yeah. And I, I don't know, they're, they're, they're running into that now, and, and they're, they're feeling that pain. Some of them will have to change. Some of them are going to push through, and some of them are going to adapt, but adapt in a way where, they don't have to change. I th it's all, it's adapting without changing. It's it's. Yeah. it's, a, it's I know a, it doesn't make a lot of it's sense. It's a temporary it's, facade. Yeah. Right. It's, well, it's adapting where it benefits them and not the worker who doesn't want to come back anymore. Because they're yeah. like, I don't know why they don't want. Everyone's lazy. That's the only reason why. Yeah. The only reason anyone work. doesn't want to work is because they're lazy. Yeah. 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 Some people. Yeah. It's funny when employers have that mentality. Like, again, they're not open-minded enough to yeah. be like, no. How did we lose all these workers? But it's like, no, they were all, we didn't need them to begin with. It's like, you did. Yeah. It's like, it's like <laughs> you still nobody do. wants to work. No, nobody wants to work for you. Yeah. yeah. No one wants to work for you. Yeah. yeah Wipe I, off the mirror a little yeah. bit. And, uh, yeah. And, kinda... and this one, this is where it gets a little, and, and I think a lot of just people just don't know how to maybe convey the thought or it's such a volatile topic that anyone says anything that they don't agree with. It kind of turns into like a, like a real head bashing session. But like, what do you think about 
some not the everyone's lazy. That's not true. Are there lazy people? Of course. There were always lazy. There were lazy people way before COVID. Mm-hmm. Okay, we we got plenty of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you got to also think that that the people that are in this group of people that are refusing to work anymore are people that used to be in two income homes with multiple kids, and what they've done is they've adapted the way that companies are trying to adapt now. They're like, look, mentally, one of us is going to lose it. Who has the more stable, better job? Not even necessarily financially better job. Who has the better job where you don't want to bang your head against the concrete wall every single day, and then we can just we can make things work? We'll you know, drive Uber. We'll just you know, cut back on stuff. And they're figuring out ways to financially to make the household work yeah. without both of them having to go to work mm-hmm. each day. So... I don't know. Is that does that come up like in terms of like the, the the hiring discussions, the hiring challenges? Is that something they discuss when, when you're at these, or does it? Or are you mainly just focus on the the workers that they currently have? That's where my focus is. Yeah. Um, but but there are uh, there is a such thing as good turnover, um, meaning yeah. like somebody you know there there wasn't room for them to grow at your company, like but. You know, you gave them a recommendation to work at another similar company, or or maybe their wife got a job across the country, and and they're moving because that's something that she's always wanted to do. Because the the market is now open up, like they can find those jobs. You yeah. can work remotely, or or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, you can live wherever you want and and work remotely. Like you know, people are doing that. I'm doing it right now. Yeah, no, I've never I'm, met I'm my boss. Remotely too. Yeah. <laughs> I've literally never met my boss yeah. there in Salt Lake City. I've never met. Him. And, and Zoom that, calls. <laughs> and that, and that's amazing. So what we're doing, what we're what we're doing as a as a species is we're kind of transcending um, the three D work environment, and we're in, we're introducing not location specific work opportunities, and that's not true for like manual labor. However, there's a lot more like those fast food workers. I mean, that's not a job that humans are meant to do. It's just not the industrial era way of work actually works against our biology. When we're, when we're forced into a cubicle, when we're forced into a process, we're doing the same thing the same way, day in, day out. Redundancy is mind-numbing. It's, it's it is. mind-numbing. Yeah. We are meant, we are a natural hunter-gatherer species. Mm-hmm. And we are driven, but that's why we love, like, surprises. That's why we love laughing. Um, mm-hmm. Because when we laugh, it's the, like when we get a joke, it's the same part of our brain that lights up as when we solve a problem. And so we are driven to solve problems. We're yep. driven to like, okay, that mushroom killed Dan. Why did this mushroom like take me on a ride through the universe? So, so, so yep. like we're constantly driven. Where is where is the nearest source of clean water? We don't know where that is. So that introduces an element of kind of excitement. So now we live in this universe that's abundant, where we don't have to fight for resources. Yeah. So how can we apply that hunter gatherer mentality now that we don't have to like? figure out how to build steam engines and stuff. Yeah. Like we, we can build robots to do that for us so we can lean into more creative work. And that's the direction that the uh, work is going. It's going toward a more creative, uh, a creative place. So what, what executives are looking for are those people who can think outside of the box, are those people that can think outside of an algorithm. We can hire, we, we can, we can pay for a computer to do like, bookkeeping. We can pay for a computer to do paralegal work. We can pay for a computer to find tumors on people at a crazy high yeah. a success rate yeah. versus humans doing it. We're losing all of those jobs over the next 50 years. And that's good because it allows us to lean into like finding new ways of, of discovering things. And so the, the direction, and, and I'm no expert on it, but from what I'm seeing uh, through the people that I follow on LinkedIn, uh, through the, like, all the future of work um, 
sites that I follow, there's a lot of focus on freelance work. So the, the current like gold watch sort of, I'm gonna work for this company my whole life, that's gone. Like that's, that's a myth that we made up and we all agreed that makes sense for the world that we were in. We're not in that world anymore. So yeah. what's gonna happen is you're gonna see companies, like big companies, where more than 50% of their workforce are freelance. Yeah. And that's great for those workers because it's a uh, new it's a new challenge new. all the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Do, yeah. And look at look at Hollywood for example. Like if you're a writer, if you're a screenwriter or if you're on a writing staff for a TV show, you're that the, the characters are the the cast of characters on the writing staff are going to change. You're going to work for a bunch of different shows at different times. And that stimulates you creatively because you're around new people, oh, yeah. you're in new environments, you're doing new things, and that's how we're built. So this yeah. this freelance revolution and, and the current system is fucked. Uh, if if it if it maintains the status quo that we've never done it that way before, we're fucked. And we've, that's kno- why. And we've known that for a minute too. Yeah, like, when I was a kid, it. like the 08, I think probably really opened that up. It like started back. It, it opened the door a little bit. It did. Yeah. But this really. I mean, been, that's not everyone now. Yeah, the cards got thrown on the table real yeah. quick. Fifty-two card pickup, and then all of a sudden, there's like a billion cards. Yeah. Where did these all come <laughs> from? And like, how did they get over there? And what are we going to do about it? Yeah. Um, it? You were talking about like the the double income family, like it's COVID. Yeah. It it put things in perspective. When we're confronted with our own mortality, it if our light life isn't immediately on the line, but we're starting to think about it, like we start to do things that we actually want to do that actually stimulate us creatively. Yeah. And so that's why people are leaving their jobs. It's like, oh, I had this, I had this, you know, this this safety net for so long, but life feels a little bit more exciting without this safety net. Like I had a buddy uh, in New York, had a high paying six figure sales job, had a huge apartment on the Upper East Side, two bedrooms, like crushing it. He left to open a restaurant in Charleston. Nice. Just, uh, and, and he's, he's like, I got to the point where I had a few dollars left in my account. And it was the most, like, invigorating thing because knowing that there isn't a safety net and I'm the one in control of what happens next, like, that's what we're driven by. So yeah. that's what that's so as an employer, how are you allowing your people to do that? How are you opening up, like, new floodgates as far as hiring people freelance? not somebody who's going to take on a full-time job forever. Like, hey, there's a project that we need done. We're going to bring in somebody, uh, an expert on PR or, or whatever, you know, the project is. We're going to find a team of people to bring in for that. They're going to work for us until this project is done. And if we have another similar project, we'll know who to go back to. It's I, And, and I, it's going to go that way. I think way. the no. marketing PR and I think even HR, I think, is definitely going to go mm-hmm. that way. I think that there are going to be HR companies that and maybe they'll specialize in certain verticals, but they're not going to be HR companies for company A. Yeah. They're going to be HR companies for manufacturing. They're going to be HR companies for tech, uh, tech yeah. stuff like yeah. that. And they're like, we're going to find the people for you. And that's it. I, and and companies are going to be like, okay, I'm probably going to have to pay you, but I'm not going to have to pay you annually when we're not high. It actually does work out. If someone actually does those, those numbers, someone is always hiring – but company A isn't always hiring. Right. So then if they look at it that way, they're paying an HR team. I'm sure they're doing other things. But they're paying them to not really do those things all the time. So it's actually better, I think, to outsource those to people who specialize specifically in that, who are always doing it, and who probably right away like, hey, I need 
70 people to do this in the next three months. They're like, we're going to get right into our Rolodex right now, and we're going to start working on that. But mm -hmm. we've done this for multiple other companies, and there might be some ex exclusivity. But even that, I think, is going to go away. Um, you still have, like, non-competes. That's a thing that I think the old guard still kind of hangs on to for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But I think that – I think the bottom dollar, and that's what's going to drive them anyway, I think they're going to see a lot more success in that. Um, but, yeah, oh, yeah, I think HR is the one that I think is – probably getting slept on a little bit but i think that is going to happen i think that's going to be more of a freelance job for sure yeah we're, we're already seeing it i yeah. i love having conversations with people who are like hr of one where where they um where they work for multiple companies where they do the the recruiting for multiple companies um th those are always interesting conversations because they can see they, they might work with one company who's doing great and another company who's just doing everything wrong um they have that perspective on things and free yeah. if they're freelancing that they're pretty much working based off like the the, the company is hiring them for their morals, and they're doing their best work off their morals. Like pretty yeah, much being HR. you can pick HR. who you're gonna work for without like the idea that I'm committed my whole life for this company. I can find companies like right now. It's um, the people first, not the companies. Yeah, look up uh, like B Corps. These these are companies that are focused on environmental and human sustainability. They achieve this designation because they meet certain metrics. And by meeting those certain metrics, even though it's driven kind of like a, by selfishness, like, oh, I'm going to make more money. I'm going to look better uh, by having this badge. But you have to actually take care of people, and you actually have to take care of the environment at the yeah. same time. And so Patagonia is like a huge example, like the biggest example of a B Corp that is crushing it right now. Uh, no, but like there are very few people out there who have bad things to say about Patagonia, the way they, the way they treat the environment, the way they treat their people. And, and yeah. so it's like there's models out there of the way to do it. You can keep doing your thing, dude, but that's not going to work in this economy anymore. This is not the, yeah. this is not your father's work environment. This is not your buttoned up, you know, uh, conversation. I had a conversation with the uh, the head of L and D for Freddie Mac, which is like very buttoned up. It's very they uh, they're mortgage lenders um, essentially, and they they were part of the the housing crash of, of two thousand eight. Yeah. Oh yeah. Part, yeah, legendary. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, like, crushing it, <laughs> crushing the whole market. Yeah, maybe, maybe not it. for the way, not not portrayed well in a yeah. lot of movies. But yeah, yeah, there, big part. And and what she she wanted, uh, she talked to me because she wanted it to be less buttoned up. She wanted managers to to you know to have more creativity and to eventually get this message to the leadership team that it's okay to be wrong. It's okay to like. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to allow people some some autonomy. Yeah. And uh, within months, she's already like leaving the company because it's so like they don't allow for that. And and you're seeing these CEOs of like Bank of America and Chase like, no, we we want our people to come back to the office because of culture, dude. You don't even know what your culture is. Yeah, like, Dockers you just, is not a culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that's a. I mean, yeah. I mean and you, yeah. again, you'll. I'm older than both of you. You might know that a little bit more just because of like your realm. But if you go back 15 years, like kind of when I I first got into the because every time I hear culture, I, I it's just it's almost like not actually PTSD. It's just a funny way of saying. It. I just remember all the dumb shit that I thought was a great company perk. Yeah, like there was Ping a, pong tables. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Way before that, way oh, before yeah. ping pong tables. Yeah. Ping pong tables, no fucking way was that a thing. <laughs> they're like, no one's gonna work if there's ping, and they're yeah. like, you know what? You're right. I probably wouldn't. Yeah. But like yeah. the th the big thing for us was jeans days. Like you'd be, <laughs> that was a big thing because like I had that in grade school. Yeah, yeah. But that's what I mean. But that's what I mean. Like every single day, we are, you know, I I'm wearing a shirt, tie, dress pants, 
everything clean shaven. Obviously, that's fucking gone. But yeah. like, then they'd be like, "Hey guys, Friday we're gonna be at Jeans Day." I mean, we all turned into a bunch of fucking eighth graders. We're like, "Fuck yeah, dude, we're gonna have a Jeans yeah. Day." I don't need to wear these <laughs> shitty khakis anymore. It turns yeah. into like this big thing, and then the like you know, look at it now, they're uh-huh. like, "Oh, we we'll have a Jeans Day Friday." I'm like. I don't give a shit. Yeah, I want to no. raise. Yeah. <laughs> I want to have more time off. Right. I want those things. Because now, like, again, the, you have the, the jeans days. Then you have game rooms. Then you have, like, on-site, like, food trucks. And now it's like... Anybody can do that. Exactly. Yeah. That's just that's just the thing now. You can do that when you get off work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? But I mean, like, like, I used to work downtown, and, uh, you know, they had food truck Wednesdays where you just walk right outside, boom, all these food trucks are right there on Walnut. We had... A real open concept. I mean, what I'm wearing right now is what I would wear to work. Because like clients don't really come in. If they are, we'll tell you. Be yeah. comfortable. Yeah. And that would that that's that was a normal thing. They're like, we got to get people to actually stay here. And it's just it's funny when I hear the culture because I always go right back to like when I started when I started that that environment. And you know, you know, I was young. I didn't know any better. Mm. You know, now when I hear a culture, I'm just like, okay, that's a cute yeah. story. But like <laughs> back then, I'm just like, oh wow, people really like it here. Like yeah. People really love it here. I'm like, mm. I'm so glad I got hired. Yeah. Uh-huh. In like six months, I'm just like, why do people love it here? People that right. say culture like that, they, they sound like that hip dad that don't spend enough too much time with their son. Steve Buscemi, that yeah. meme. Uh-huh, <laughs> yeah. Hey, what's up, kids? Yeah. yeah My fellow teenagers. Like. Yeah. What do you mean you're leaving? We have a ping pong table. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Cool. No, we'll get the... Yeah, there's a lock on it. Yeah. But, I mean, I'll yeah. get the key. Yeah. Hey, no, no, I heard someone's. I heard someone's buying Chipotle for the yeah, office. Yeah. <laughs> right? There's a food truck outside. Food oh truck. my god! You have five minutes. Yeah, go. you have five minutes. <laughs> go because we got to get back in and do all the crunch these numbers. Right? It's it's <laughs> yeah, absurd. It's, it's like put on the put on the window dressing, sure, but like you. You're still the put it on as much makeup as you like, want. Have I as want much it, plastic yeah, exactly. surgery. Yeah, as you it's want. still a fucking pig. You're still a dick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, matter, no matter how much Maybelline you're putting on that mm. pig, it's a fucking pig. It's a fucking. Pig. Maybe it's Maybelline. No, maybe it's you. Yeah. <laughs> That's, but the uh, yeah, it's um, it, I don't know. It, it's it's funny to think about that. It is like you know nowadays you almost have to think. It's almost like amenities with like a car when you're buying a new car. Like nowadays you need. Like heated seats and bad. Those are normal things that 10 years ago, that was like a luxury sedan. Now I have it in a RAV fucking four. Yeah. You know, like that's a normal thing now. Like normal things now should be, you know, unlimited PTO. If you're going to go into the office, it's it's now shifted in terms of you get one work at home day a week. Now it should be one office day a week, if any at all. That's yeah. the norm now and yeah. should be the norm now. And it's going to keep developing. I think the jobs. The jobs will keep developing. We got to wait for yeah. all these companies to start selling their buildings first, because uh, <laughs> oh. those leases are. I, I mean, I don't know. The only thing that bums, reason why they the only thing that bums me out about yeah. that is uh, is just I, I some of the some of the retail or, or restaurants that are going to suffer, like the ones downtown. Like my my place down there was Al's Diner. I loved it down there. The place mm-hmm. those, those people were so nice, but I mean, so much of their business happened. You know, from like 11 to 1 when people poured out at lunch and it was just packed. So I hope places like that can make it. But like where I was, it was just all business and industrial. I mean, so I I hope other stuff can maybe move in there. Maybe they will. Like I think Squire was saying that they moved their studio down there because it's dirt cheap now. So they can actually, it was like one third of the price. So maybe Mm. some cooler, more creative companies can move in down there. And because they can now, now it's like it's way more affordable, and maybe right. they can that can be like a second wave of you know company creation or expansion or something. Yeah, like the the, the hub and spoke I think is is what they're calling it yeah. is 
Um, you know, you got your corporate headquarters, but then you've got all these spokes around the country where, like, mm-hmm. you can work for, from whenever you want. You can work from home however many days a week you want. But we have this space in your city. You know, the bigger companies are going to be able to do that. The, yeah. Your Amazons and your and your Googles and things like that. Well, I like that. Yeah. No, I, I do. Like, my wife likes that. My wife, she doesn't mind work from home, but she actually really liked, she worked with a lot of friends and yeah. she liked where she worked and she still works there. But she's like, some days I do miss kind of going in and just working with people. And I, I get that. Yeah. I do get that. It's so funny to see because the argument is like, Remote work or work from home? How about let them choose when they yeah, do both? Fucking cares. Yeah, as long as you're getting the fucking job done. Yeah, and that's what a ninety. Like, most let's you say have a lease. Yeah. Most you have a lease on these buildings for like another five yeah. years. Yeah, so you might as well open it up. Right. Because <laughs> realistically, everyone's gonna be looked at their performance either way. So yeah. does it really matter? Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. Job, like, on, like again, like, we don't care what you do. You're looking yeah. at February 2020. Like work from home was like a luxury that you that you earned after a certain amount of time. Yeah, and then. Because they said, and we really didn't have any data because none of us were tracking it. No, you know we couldn't see. That was a man-made. We, yeah, we, we couldn't see. It all is. They're all yeah, everything. Yeah, of course it is. <laughs> but but I'm saying the illusion of yeah. that is just like well, no, they would this always is be, a privilege. They it's they like, would always be like, well, just you're just not as productive at home. I'm like, how would I know? I'm never at home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and some people aren't. Hey, oh no! And, and yeah. I will say, some it, people do to, need to go to, back to, to the office. To be fair, some were very, very bad at it. Yeah. Some super abused the shit out of it, and then they would take it away, and they're like. That's why we yeah. don't let you. Which yeah. everything would just have a counter. I'd be like, well, why don't you just take it away from them? They're the one. Abusing yeah, you don't. It. This isn't a. And then like, well, we can't just single stroke. them out. I'm like, yeah, you can. They're the ones that are fucking up. Right. It gives people. I haven't. I've been mm-hmm. doing my shit. Why can't I do? Gives it? people so, accountability. But then March comes around, and if you didn't lose your job, you had to work from home, and then everyone's like, oh. Turns out that we yeah. actually can do this yeah. when we're forced to, and then it was not a, you know. It really wasn't companies doing you know employees a favor. They were like, "Well, you have to work from home, and now look at how much money we can save by not having the overhead of all these this office space." Yeah. So it's yeah, it's funny how it, it shifted that way. I think everyone's winning because there's even like I know I know people that are, are working at home and they are doubling up on their hours. For they're working at two different places at the same time, and that's a whole new problem too. Is like, yeah, so people are taking advantage of it. But I mean, if if, well, if you're everyone's back, you're back to the fear thing though. Yeah, now if, you're afraid that yeah, they're watching you texts. even closer because you're working from home. Yeah, yeah, and they're like, "Are you logged in?" Oh, micromanager's yeah. gonna micromanage. Oh yeah. yeah. They'll, they'll find you no matter what. Especially if they're around. at home too. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Micromanager at the office. I'm out. He's at home. He's like, I'm not in control. <laughs> oh, I need more control. But yeah, people are taking. I, I think people. Are, I, I think it's a good thing. I think that needs to happen with people making money. Because how many people have worked a job where they didn't get that raise? Where now they have now if you have the opportunity well, to be like in the last two years. I want to work. I want to work two jobs at the same time. Yeah. And yeah. I don't need to tell either of them I'm doing the same. I'm doing the same thing for another company, yeah. but now I'm at home, so I can because I have that freedom. That freedom like, I, I like. I don't. I don't know. I like. I don't know how you guys. I, I want to know how you guys feel about that. I like it. I mean, because it kind of gives the worker uh, a little more power than what what the worker you had. Like working multiple gigs. Working multiple gigs. Yeah, I yeah, tried. Yeah. Um, it, to, we were talking about it, like the the freelance stuff. Like I tried that. When like like full time gigs, like two I tried to, gigs? I tried to do it full and part time. Uh, it was like like freelance, like consulting for things that I've done working with clients for yeah. years, and it, it's really really hard. It's really hard to kind of break into it, just because again, a lot of companies still, they're just like 
the smaller companies can't afford to really hire anybody to do that. Mm -hmm. And the bigger ones already have a team there and they won't accept or even think that they need help doing that. So it was tough, but we were trying to. Same thing. Dude. Yeah, I feel like that, that's a, that that's a very day. hard thing. Hey, we have our own team that's doing it. It's like, yeah, cool, but you've been doing the same thing year in and year out. What if I, what if a fresh perspective could get things moving in a different direction? Which then yeah. goes back to that executive that will never admit that they're doing it wrong. Yeah. Yep. And we've come full circle. <laughs> yeah. And, and, but that's, that's, it, it's, yeah. it's very, very cyclical. And even though things have, even though things have kind of grown and things have kind of progressed and kind of developed and, and, and morphed, there's still some of those underlying foundations that aren't, they're just not dying. They're not going away. Um, they're going to have to eventually. Eventually they um, will, yeah. I, and, I, and I feel like the millennials, when, when we get put in a position of power, and Gen Z is a fucking crapshoot, dude, they're going to... They're gonna upend the cart. Like they're like, on TikTok. They're not working. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're getting paid to but, TikTok. But, but the thing, once they get into a position where they where they have to work, they're gonna upend the cart because um, they're not as beholden to the industry. They don't have bad. Age. They don't have bad habits to unlearn. Right. Right. They do, just not the well, same I mean, ones. Yeah, no, but they, they have new ones to unlearn. Yeah, yeah, they do. They do. But a lot of theirs are, are the same bad ones that young people have. They might be a little worse at it because they have other way cooler shit than I had when I right. was that age. But, I mean, they I, – I think that they can, like, a generation – like, the last two probably can really – I think they'll eventually, as all we all do understand, you are going to have to – do some work, you yeah. know, because you have to, but they're going to be like, but I want to do it, not necessarily on my terms, but they're like, we can take a little bit of you and take a little bit of me and we can find a common ground where everyone's doing just fine. Mm -hmm. And I, th I think that'll continue, that'll keep happening. I think with every generation, it's going to get a little different, possibly better. There's always going to be bumps. Um, we're going to have another shutdown. I'm not saying another shutdown for COVID. We're going to have another catastrophe. We had 2008. We had 2020. We might just do this every decade. Yeah. Maybe even shorter. Who knows? Yeah. And who knows what it's going to be? But those things are going to happen. Also, the new generation, one thing I've realized about just workers and generations as they are is that, what well, I was born in 94, so I'm technically like a late like a really late millennial, early. Uh, yeah, I'm a senior millennial. Yeah, you're a senior. Yeah, <laughs> we're different sides of the construct, man. But like, uh, so this generation, this young generation that is just starting to get in the work field, right? Like, like maybe, like maybe two or three years ago, they're the most every every other generation, like like even like our like millennials, very outspoken, right? Not this next one. So this is a huge. It's already, I think that's why things are changing so hard because no one is outspoken. You can say whatever the fuck you feel at any time and you'll get 3,000 retweets for saying Wendy's sucks. <laughs> like you can get yeah. that. The court like, of public opinion. The instant yeah. gratification you get for saying what's on your mind about your workplace and then getting apologies from your boss that they, they didn't give out 10 years ago. Like that's so, it's just insane to me to think about that. Yeah. I think that actually can be a double-edged sword. Yes. It is, oh, totally. I agree. It's, 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 that can be very problematic because yes. some people, look, 
speaking your mind, I think, is an amazing trait. No one to shut the fuck up is an even better one. Yeah. Like, and, and I'm I not, agree. I'm not saying that people shouldn't say what they're feeling or say when they've been wrong, but, but people also have to understand what the definition of being wronged is. They're yeah. going to stop start. and listen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Stop just, and listen. Yeah. 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 And then you learn more. You I, learn more. I, I'm just saying, I don't agree with just saying everything. Like, oh, yeah, they don't fucking, like, they don't have any cheese at the Nacho Station. Because that's shit people will fucking say. It's a real thing. To be fair, like, it will not. might as well be slavery. Be mad at work <laughs> yeah, someone didn't mop the floors in the break room. What the fuck? What this is, is this? Spanish flu? Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> I said we needed new ping pong balls last week. Yeah. <laughs> in, <laughs> we're just standing around this with paddles. Dented. Why is <laughs> what is this? The Holocaust? Yeah. <laughs> Everything is the Holocaust. Where's the PS5 in the break room? Yeah. We got a PS4? What yeah. the fuck well, is this place? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, which I think it means like, you know, take a little bit of these guys, take a little bit. I think you yeah. can find a middle ground yeah. there. Yeah. Um, you don't have to hate your job. And but you also do have to do some work. I mean, all, work's not super fun, but there is some gratification. I think that you can find the you know, and this is kind of another one. This is another which I don't know if this comes to it's the the positive reinforcement. The I, carrot and the stick? Oh shit. <laughs> well, the, okay, so the carrot and the stick, I think Almost, I, I, with that analogy, I always make it think like there's no end to you ever working. What, what I mean is like when you do a good job, and it's a small thing, but when you do a good job, tell them they did a good job. You I know? mean, yeah. And, and not just tell them they did a good job. Tell your boss they did a good job. That's one like, of the reasons why so many people are leaving jobs. Yes. That, oh, I don't feel appreciated. One. I'm going to yeah. go somewhere where I do feel appreciated. That, that paranoia of no the guy. No my love language. The paranoia of the guy take it, taking credit above you is insane. <laughs> no my love Yeah, right. <laughs> We're going to do an episode. It's just going to be me where I just read that book live. And I don't say <laughs> shit. Yeah. I read it from no beginning languages. to end. It's three hours long. I never address it. And then I post it. <laughs> some, some Andy Kaufman shit. People are listening they're like, is this a bit? Is he gonna do yeah. the whole book? Yeah. yeah. Is he gonna? He's oh, gonna yeah. do he's the whole book. Take Wait, re- shut up. This is my language. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take requests. Someone's like, "Hey, do Harry Potter four Goblet of Fire." Oh, that'll be weeks. <laughs> That's my love language. I'm also <laughs> yeah. I'm also not a strong reader. Yeah. I can't mm. do that one. When Cedric Diggory dies, oh, I touch myself. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. you're a Hufflepuff. Yeah. <laughs> That's my it's my martyr. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jesus, Cedric Diggory, they're on the same plane. Yeah. So, yeah. They were both good people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> both virtually loved. But but the carrot and the stick. That's a construct that needs to go away. Oh, we need to dangle something in front of somebody to motivate them, or yeah. we need to hit them uh, to get them to do it he, we are driven to work again we are mental yeah. we are we are biologically driven to contribute to one another yeah. your job as a leader is to find out what each person that is in your direct charge is driven by speak that language motivate them in that way so that they they are driven with you, without you in the room yeah, yeah. like the, you don't need a care you don't need more money yeah. like if you're offered more money from another job, you're driven to stay where you are. Like, that's what you want. So the idea is, what do you actually want your employees to do? What is the ultimate, like, everything's firing on all cylinders. Everything's going yeah. according to plan. What does that look like? And then consistently change that vision as you keep, like, achieving little bits of it. Yeah, and, and yeah. don't put the carrot on the stick. Hand me the fucking carrot. No, yeah. fuck, I don't want a carrot. Give me a Rolo. Yeah. yeah right? Yeah. But well, give the me carrot? the option. What is the carrot? Like, give me the option to what, eat healthier now? Yeah, one day I want the Rolo. The other couple days I'm like, I've ate too many Rolos. I'm going to yeah. go with that carrot. The, but I mean, the, but the, yeah, I, exactly. That That's, it's a, when, um, when I was changing jobs, and by changing jobs, it means I was fired, so I had to find another job. 
Like th- that was. <laughs> it, just sounded, it just sounded better. Yeah. It sounded like I was in control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like I was out for three months, and you know, again, three months may not sound like a long time, but when you can't go outside <laughs> and you think that you're gonna die, yeah, it's fucking terrifying. Yeah. And but then you start thinking about like to your point, like if someone's offered more money for a job. You shouldn't just be looking at that that dollar. Right. You, you really shouldn't. I understand sometimes the dollar amount is so great, it's pretty much all you're going to look at. I mm. do get that. But if someone offers you, say, a job that's, say, 10 or 15 grand more, keep in mind for any just, – just basic math, taxes, the way that things work, yes, you will see more money in your paycheck. But take taxes out. Divide that over 52 weeks. It might be another $100 in your paycheck, which depending on – I'm not saying it's not a lot of money – but depending on where you are in, in in your financially savings life, what your 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 debt to ratio is, whatever you want to call it, that may not be worth it enough for you to, to to gamble to stay at a job that you really really do like, and to work at one that you like that you think has more options for you to maybe move around to advance. Like that's where I still think that it's, and maybe it's because of COVID or all that fear that we're talking about, or the way that things are managed, that the dollar is still pretty much the main thing that, that that they look at. And like me, like I'm, when I was looking, I was just like, I don't want to do this again in 12 months. You know, I, I don't want to keep hopping around. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll look for opportunities for sure and mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll explore them, but it's not something I always want to do. I don't want to in 12 months be like, fuck, I picked, the, I made a bad choice. You know, I want to find a good one that's not just money. I want a place where I like it. I feel like I'm being, I'm not even that I'm being appreciated. I, I don't need to be patted on the back all the time, but I also don't want to live like every single day might be my last. You yeah. know, it's yeah. just, there's got to be other, other traits outside of the financial aspect, even though that is a big aspect that goes along with those choices. Uh, the, so boiling it down to money is what most companies want to do because it's a, a quick fix mm-hmm. and they don't have to really put much effort into it. Sure. Um, when it comes to a little bit more money, if you are at a job where you have meaningful relationships with your with your leaders, with your coworkers, you're less likely to leave if, if for a little bit more money. If it's a substantial amount, sure, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, it's for your own good, and they should be happy to see you go onto greener pastures yeah. um, if it's something worth working for. But uh, hold on, let me pull up this... I had it pulled up earlier, and then I have done a thousand things since. <laughs> um, well, it's a fast-paced environment here at the Guiltless Podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a bunch of white men rambling. That's what it is. <laughs> Stop lumping yourself in with us. You're Puerto Rican. Yeah, Stop yeah, it. yeah. Fuck. God. I try to hide it. <laughs> you try to hide it. <laughs> Did I have that open? No bueno. Shit. Yeah, no bueno. I don't want Donald Trump throwing more paper towels at me, okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so I need to find this. This is the edit this part out. Um, So essentially, the Society for Human Resource Management back in February of this year was like, "Why are all these people leaving their jobs? Like, what is leading to this?" And it pointed the like the main thing, and they highlighted. They did a pie chart, and they highlighted it in red was better pay. Hmm. People are leaving for better pay. Everything else was about culture, but. They they put it in different categories because it's easier to pay somebody more or offer them better benefits than to say, you know what, we have to address. Than to invest in the culture. We have yeah. to address the day-to-day workplace experience. That's what culture is. If we want to define culture, it's 
the conversations that we have with one another. It's the conversations that we have with our managers when shit hits the fan. It's it's how we treat one another. It's baked into every single interaction. Culture shouldn't be something we're talking about as like culture. Like no. when we're when we're. Uh, when Brian and I are having a conversation, we're not like, "Isn't our friendship so great?" Yeah, isn't, you it, know? isn't this, like, isn't, this be, isn't this benefiting uh, everything around us? Yeah, isn't it great that we're just yeah. friends? Yeah. Like we don't oh, have that he conversation. He's just one of the best comics to be friends with in Ohio. Yeah, <laughs> the other four were Brett. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that means a lot to me. Yeah, uh, thanks. Thanks. <laughs> He's thanks. never, ever, ever discussed Brett Thomas. And not spoke as Brett Thomas. <laughs> you have to. I think that's it's part amazing. of it. It's a part of the thing, you know. <laughs> but you know, so like, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, that that's the ever when you and I spoke. I think it was Thursday or Friday when I knew we were going to do it. All I've been obsessing about was the. It was actually more the retention aspect of it. Okay. Is the um, I've honestly probably read twenty or thirty different articles that kind of break down. It, it it's essentially the the cost analysis of keeping someone versus continuing to bring on the same, whether you want to call it the wrong person or the person that's not the right fit because it's cheap or whatever it might be. What is it like it's, 90 to 200% that person's salary to oh, yeah, 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 yeah. turnover? Yeah. That, that's my turnover main conversation. Is so, turnover is so, so, so expensive. Yeah. And maybe I hate not, Apple turnovers are the yeah, worst. Yes, yeah, so you know what I'm talking yeah. about. <laughs> yeah. but the, uh, and it's not the turnover because usually a lot of times – and this maybe is part of the, the, the problem, is that the part of the time is that you're hiring the same kind of wrong person over and over again, and, yeah. but you're paying them the same. So they don't see that in terms of we're losing money because we're paying everyone the same amount. Mm-hmm. But it's the time that it gets someone to kind of get them up to speed. And I've seen this in a lot of different departments, jobs, verticals, whatever. Like, like sometimes it takes somebody three weeks to be trained on something depending on the job, and they can kind of be effective. Other times, it's three months. Sometimes it's yeah. longer. It's just it's a and lot training's of not beneficial for the company like like well, at the moment. The, it, it's the work hours. It's, it's, it's the man hours that yeah. goes into that person ramping up, getting ready, and the people that are spending some of their time getting that person ready. Yeah. So you want to make sure that you're hiring the right person, which then goes back into the the HR and maybe freelance. Maybe you want to grab those people that do that exclusively all the time and really know. A lot of times they'll like. Call it recruiters, call it HR. It's probably like a blend of both. Yeah. Where you reach out to them, like, "Hey, we need this person. We need them to make an impact right away." They're like, "I know three people that actually might be a good fit for that. Let me get back to you in a couple of days." Right. Let me check like, their stuff calendar. like that. Yeah. yeah. That is cost savings because not because you're paying that person more because sometimes you will to kind of keep them, but it's that's where I think it gets lost a lot is the the man hours loss because now you have to pull two or three people to get this person up to speed. So. You're costing man hours and, and other things, and then maybe those people have to work longer. They're, they're, they're filling in for that lost. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, now and all of a sudden, I have like, these new now clients. Now I have to work harder because I got to get yep. this person up to speed. Yep. And why didn't we just keep the other person that we lost six months ago? Why am I doing this again? I've been that. That's been my main focus for the last like three days. Just articles and stats on that, and I think where a lot of that just gets lost is that people look at. This person was making fifty grand a year. We lost them, brought someone else in, making fifty grand a year. We've lost nothing. It's not true. You've lost a lot. You've lost transitioning, maybe some client relationships. Maybe they really like this person. Yeah. And now that person's gone. Now this new person comes in, you gotta get them up to speed. Now you're working with clients that have to maybe kind of get forced this person's forced upon them. And then multiple departments, if you like for my job, I work with multiple departments. Now I have to understand the ins and outs of every single one of them because I'm going to be speaking to all of them and kind of understand those processes. That's time. That's their time. That's my time. And maybe 
all of a sudden, a couple months later, I'm just like, I need to get a better job offer. I'm like, fuck, I didn't think it was going to be like, this is terrible. Now I'm gone and we're starting the whole thing over again. Sure. It's the putting yeah. the money toward someone that's going to paying more for the right person versus not wanting to pay more because you're just looking at that, that instant sticker shock. It's only going to be this much more perfect. Don't worry about it. That's what we're paying the last guy. Right. Yeah. That's lose, been my main, the thing I've looked at for like three straight days. You lose somebody who's making $60,000 a year. And then you have this like candidate who is, who is knocked the ball out of the park in this field. That's looking for something new and yeah. they want 75,000 and you're going to say no to that rather than, you know, you're, you're doubling the co- you're going to spend $120,000 yeah. to train somebody new um, not on uh, and on top of that you've got those people that are filling in for the person who left who may have been great but now they have all these new clients these new projects that they're working on because oh, they're thrust into Burnout, exactly. Yeah. So now of, this of person that used to, to be performing is not performing. They're now underperforming because they're performing too much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now they're looking yeah. elsewhere because they're stressed yeah. out. All, they don't have time to yeah. spend with they're their like, families. Like, and that's it's where... a domino effect. It's a yeah. ripple effect. You lose one person, it's game over. And this is, so with what I do, I teach managers to have a sense of humor, which means I teach them to be creative, which means I teach them to be curious, which means I teach them to ask questions that challenge their predisposed thinking. Fifty That's years, fifty years ago, none of those things with a manager. It's stupid. You had to be a badass. You had to ha- have the idea of being a badass motherfucker. Yeah, back then Just, it was like. That's gay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like so, how you so said now, it. How you said it. Like that's let's so put this gay. Into two episodes. Uh, <laughs> because I could talk all day. So what? Uh, what was I going to say? So what I, what, what I've been trying to do, the biggest obstacle what I've been trying to do over the last seven years speaking is, how do I sell myself on a bottom line from a bottom line standpoint? Yeah. Now I ask, how much? How many people did you lose this past year? Okay. How much does it cost you to replace them? Oh, I don't know. Well, I have some statistics for you. Between 90 to 200% of that person's salary that you lost on top of their salary that you're paying. Yeah. So if you pay for me few thousand bucks a drop in the bucket dude i am saving you money yeah well again kind of look kind of look at it when i was talking about somebody that moves for fifteen thousand dollars and is it worth it in their paycheck it's the same thing if someone that you need to keep that's kind of essential but maybe you're like i mean they're making 60 i don't know if i want to pay them 70 yeah you in most scenarios you 100 percent do yeah because of everything else you're going to lose if you're like it's not in the budget this year i'm like then you need to dip in the next year because if this person leaves now again you're pulling resources from multiple different places and now you're hurting different clients different departments different everything all because you didn't want to pony up essentially a hundred bucks a week for a company that's some of these are right 200 million dollar companies yeah. with 30 percent margins i mean it's just it, it's that thing but again it's the it's it's that it's that it's it's a problem it, it's a cost now and they're yeah. not a lot of them don't think about that and a lot of the and this goes back to maybe what you're doing the managers don't think about that like the managers need to go to their boss and be like hey man i know we don't want to i know it's not in the budget we got to make some money somewhere to do this because i mean we i can't lose this person this is just this is going to be a problem if yeah. i lose this person yeah yeah yeah, it's it's and it's how do you how do you speak that language? Because there are a lot of old school managers. So how can you speak dollars and cents to get them invested in culture? Because where we are right now, it's it's been it's a result of putting culture on the back burner for years and years and years and years yeah. and years. Yeah. I mean, surveys, studies, 
from Gallup to to Harris to all these poll, these respected polls to Harvard Business Review, the general consensus that employee engagement is around one out of three people are engaged by their work, and that's been the case for over twenty years. And so where we are right now is a result of saying, you know what? There's not that much money in that. We got to focus on keeping the lights on right here, right now. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Focus on that. Do that. Yeah. But you can do both at the same time. The analogy that I use is when you ask a married couple uh, what percentage of effort each person has to put in, it's not 50-50. It's 100-100. Yeah. So, so when I ask the question, this is the question that gets people thinking uh, about humor in the workplace. At the end of my presentation, I say, all right, so how, what percentage of work should be serious and what percentage of work should be fun? And they'll say, okay, 60, 40, serious, fun. And it's like, well, what about the marriage thing? Like, why can't it be 100, 100? Yeah. So if people are having fun while they're working, that doesn't mean they're like giggling and messing around. It means they're engaged by what they're doing. They're driven by the outcome they're creating. They know they're working towards something better. They're, they're, they're working hand, like... Have you ever worked with somebody and it's like a serious job and you're not necessarily having fun doing it, but then you look back and it's like, holy shit, five hours just flew by? That's what work should be. Uh-huh. Yeah. All the time, no matter what it is you're doing, you be cleaning shit off the floor. Yeah. But if, if there's meaning behind it, if there's a sense of accomplishment, like, hey, if I do this, then I can do this, and then I can do this, and then there's just like a path up or a path out yeah. or whatever it is. Um, if, if you're a, surrounded by people that listen to you, that care about you, that, that care about what they're doing, that are willing to listen, uh, that are willing to listen to you, that you're willing to listen to, um, if you are, and, and if <laughs> what you're doing makes you feel good, like that's that's our biology. Those are the, like the five yeah. things that we're driven by. Are we engaged? Is yeah. there meaning? You is, know, the, are there relationships? Am I happy? Mm-hmm. And uh, is there something that I can accomplish while doing that? Yeah. So you know, that's the, it. The, yeah. the other thing for Simple. me too that, mm-hmm. that I, and I Not think easy. this gets lost because I think people think this counts as engagement. I don't think it does. Happy hour with your team is not engagement. No. It's not. No. Anybody fact, can do that. Think, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a forced hangout. You know, you know, yeah. No, it is. Yeah. The thing that I've learned since working remotely yeah. and not – I didn't realize how much I fucking hated those. Mm. Like I really don't like those. I, I never – I and I'm not saying that I don't like the people that I worked with. I, but it's forced. I, I, I did. Someone's like, hey, we're doing happy. When yeah. your boss is like, hey, we're doing happy hour, we're all leaving 15 minutes early. I'm like, oh, fucking thanks. Yeah. I mean, could we left like three hours ago? That would have been fucking awesome. Yeah. It's, it's going on a date but with a girl also, where you're like, I never want to know her middle name. But there will yeah. be times <laughs> where like, hey, we're going to leave an hour early. I'm like, ah, that was work. Yeah. I don't yeah. really want to hang out yeah. with you. But I mean, it's because I'm not really into the job and I'm not really into that. And because I'm not really into hanging out with the manager to pretend to laugh at jokes and things like that. And that, that that's kind of a, a real <laughs> dumbed down version yeah. of, of why I didn't like it. But I didn't realize how much I didn't like that until I worked a year and a half remotely where I didn't work with people in an office. And I was like, wow, you know, I never realized how much I really didn't like doing that. Yeah. And that was counted as, hey, make sure you take the team out for drinks. They love and that, that was shit. you yeah. being open-minded as a worker. Yep. Imagine if some leadership was more open-minded was, like that. But for that. me, I wasn't being open-minded as a worker. It felt like an obligation. Yeah, but I'm, saying, I'm, say, I'm saying now, though, you're like, I didn't, I didn't be like the guy that. that never hung out with the team. And yeah. you know what's funny about fear is that in a market that is driven by innovation, which is just creativity put into action, we need people to be creative. You can't be creative when you're working from a place of fear. That side yeah. of your brain turns off, and you're just doing it, things. That's Darwinism at that point. You're just getting out of it yeah. to just be try to be happy yeah. for the sense of fulfillment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a... You know, I, you also it's mentioned, a construct. Uh, what were you talking Oh, you are talking about, like, early. Like, one of the very first things that I wanted to shout her out just because it's funny that when you mentioned it, I thought of her immediately. But this was, like, in the first, like, ten minutes. You were talking about, like, in the restaurant industry where, you know, like, uh, uh, 
if there's not a lot of tables, but there's a lot of dirty tables, like a, a waiter or something like that, would be like, that's not my job. That's the busboy. Yeah, job. that's not my section. Exactly. That's yeah. not my section, not my job. So why would I do that? Um, at Cloak and Dagger, which is kind of emerged as one of my favorite restaurants in the city. They're the best. It's so fucking They're good. They're great. <laughs> I really want to do a show there. I really want to like shut it down and do like a late night Saturday like that. We can ask her. Casey might be into that. We can ask yeah. her. But she, oh, so yeah. so Casey came on and she was awesome. The thing that was cool about it is that I messaged Cloak and Dagger. I had no fucking idea who was going to show up here. I really didn't. She walks in. We had a great time. And one of the things that she talked about was a. I hate congrats them. on the wedding, by the way. Oh yeah, just got married. Congrats. She got married. Oh, she no, got married sure. at cool. Cloak and Dagger. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. I love that place, man. I wish that I, place I, is so I wish, good. I wish I could control uh, my drinking. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you do comedy. That's a whole other conversation. Fortunately, I'm old enough now where I'm just I'm leaning into it. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. a problem, but whatever. I'm not going to yeah. COVID didn't help for some of us. Yeah. No. I was like, I need Dude, I, I go there alone. I'm, I'm getting fed shots of Fernet and like, <laughs> yeah. She get the shots of Fernet last time we were there. Yeah. yeah. But like. Do you like it more and more now, by the way? No. Fernet? It's gross. <laughs> but, but but you did more of it. Yeah, I know. Wow, you accepted that it's gross, yeah. but it's like it's my gross now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, it's like hundred percent. You have to. Yeah, this is mine. Yeah, I like. I hate this, but I'm gonna do yeah, more. It's like classy Jaeger. It's fucking terrible. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like Fernet. I'm like, oh, French Jaeger. No thanks. Yeah, but yeah, I took it. Hey, take, out, take away. You don't have to have to drink the white towel over your arm. Hey, fucking weirdo. That's some fucking culture yeah, right yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah. Fernet yeah. is some culture. It very much. Migos. Well, it's it's funny because like because there is. I, I hate because there actually is kind of like a culture attached to this because she was like, some days, you know, she's like one of the owners. She's like, but some days I bartend, some days I host, some days I bar back, mm-hmm. some days I wait tables. She's like, I like it. For one, she's like, I like the anonymity because if someone's like, hey, what's going on in your fucking kitchen? She's like, I don't know. He's like, I want to talk to the manager. I want to talk to the manager. And I'm here. <laughs> it's wonderful. But she was like, uh, it, like the last night I went in there, she happened to be hosting and she was like, oh, okay. Hang on. And then she actually found us like a place we could grab a drink real quick, which was awesome. But uh, that was, she's like, that's, that's the exact opposite of that. She's like, I, I've worked in there and I know what that's like. If one of us sees a dirty table and everyone's busy, whoever's not busy, go clean the fucking table. Yeah. She's yeah. like, and that's how it kind of is. So a bartender will leave and go around and they'll, you know, grab someone's appetizer and go drop it off. Or, you know, a waiter will be like, oh, sorry, we were kind of busy right now, but how many do you want? All right, I'll grab the hostess real quick. Like, they're all working together. Mm-hmm. They're basically all doing whatever job is needed to be done at the time. Yeah. And, I, I mean, when you've been there before, that is not a place where anyone looks like they're pissed that they're at work. They're no. really having a lot of That's fun. That's why there. it's so yeah. such a good establishment. So, it's, so it, good. it goes beyond the food and, like, the drinks. It's just, the again, the atmosphere as a whole. And there are. It's, there's it's vibes. Man. Yeah, it's yeah. catch you that know, You know you walk into a place when people aren't happy, like a, oh, from a yeah, restaurant yeah. to a bar. Same is true. Same is true. Uh, I, I was talking to a guy who works for the Philadelphia Inquirer, and he's in charge of their, like, best workplaces in philly and and i and one of my questions was can you tell the difference when you walk in and he goes not even a question like i I walked into a place they have all these platitudes on the wall like integrity and respect and fun worst place nobody's doing any of those things no what do those mean someone what is that somebody hung that up like this yeah, right. people are gonna get what this means because yeah, I dude. put it on the wall. You put well, it on no one's website. gonna hang up signs that say "mundane redundancy," yeah, yeah. dying inside, yeah, <laughs> micromanaging, <laughs> fear, yeah. yeah, shave that neck hair, low pay. <laughs> I hope you, I hope you didn't wear your shoes today because yeah. you're gonna be on these eggshells. It, it goes back to it goes yeah, back to comedy because like me and you can tell like so so like 
I can tell at this point if I'm walking into a show and if I need to not work harder, or but if it's like, oh, like, is this, you could tell when a show's run properly and when like, you're like, oh, I just, I just, I booked myself a shit show tonight. Yeah. Like you can, can tell, tell with your crowd though too, can't you? Yeah. But, yeah. but what I mean by that is like, I feel like that's starting to come in now with the work, with the work industry is just as a whole, like just working, like you can tell. If well, hopefully, if you're open-minded enough and if you've been through enough shit, you can tell if the place that you want to work at, if this is the place for you. If you're if you're gonna do it for the money, or if you're gonna do it for the money and happiness, mm-hmm. right? Like I yeah. feel like a lot of people can tell now more than ever because it. now people have. It's not like I'm just getting into shitty relationships. Yeah. Again, it's like oh, I've been with a girl like that. I don't like that. Or like oh yeah, I've never never gone down this route. I like it. Let's let's. I want to keep working here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that's a real thing. There are some, yeah. like I mean, Alex a jukebox said he's had someone on his staff since the very first day. You know, yeah. and, and that's another thing. that's another good. Love that. Place. That's creating yeah. a that's creating the culture. Alex yeah, good, Alex is a good dude. Yeah. Same yeah. thing with LBM. That's yep. in fact all three of those places I just named Happy Dog too. All four of those places have all closed early, not for any COVID outbreak, but they're like keeping our people safe and giving them a longer holiday break. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm like. That's why people stay there. That's why every time I go into LBM, I see the same fucking servers, same bartenders. That's why every time I go into Jukebox, I see the same people. That's why when I go to any of those places, Happy Dog, I see the same guy I saw three years ago. Yeah. Which, you know, in in the in in, in the bartending and waiting tables and service, that's a little bit more rare in a lot of places. You know, they bounce around a lot. Well, yeah. I'll tell you what. I mean, if we're gonna if we're gonna keep this in the service industry game, no, we're, not. we're moving on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck off. Dude. Anyway. Racing. Yeah. <laughs> what do we know nothing yeah. about? Yeah. yeah. Dirt bikes. Yeah. F1, man. That's yeah. my favorite yeah. key on the top yeah, of the keyboard. Man. I don't even eat. I don't even eat that bread. Why is it my sponsor? I'm we waited 90 minutes to get into F1. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Bubba Wallace, want to race you guys? Huh? Yeah. Classic um, so. Bubba. <laughs> um, at Greenhouse, say what you will about the owner, but he was off doing his own thing. Godspeed, Jonathan Sawyer. But John Blair, who was the GM there for the last two years or so, he was the one that recommended I start the comedy show on the roof because he knew how to put his people in positions to thrive, um, be driven by their work. Like, there, uh, there was an intrinsic motivation working there. I started there looking at it as a survival job. I left there with some of my best friends. I left there uh, because it closed unfortunately. Um, but if the owner had been there and been part of that, I feel like it would be a different story because just the atmosphere, everybody picked up for everybody else, even when you were having bad days. Um, he knew when to put me with certain people because they were having bad days. And I would, I would leave my shit at the door 99 times out of a hundred there. Sure. And, and my goal there was how can I make your day. If I'm working with you, I'm going to make your day at least once today. Yeah, That's my goal. That's it. Wh- whether you're a table, whether you're a bartender, whether you're a busser, dishwasher, whatever, I'm going to make you laugh at least once. Yeah, And uh, and I didn't go in there with that mentality. But when they put the right managers in the right positions, I mean, John was amazing. Jeff uh, was, was the GM at the end. And he was, like, he knew how to deal with every personality there. Because it wasn't driven by fear. It, like, I'd go back and I'd help the bar wash dishes. 
I wasn't the only one. We had the same front of house staff for two years, uh, and then we closed. Yeah. Uh, and, and unfortunately, that was the case because, like, that there, – there were a lot of people who were just there for a survival job who, at the beginning, it was like, I don't think this person's going to last. But then there's, there's this energy where it's like, I want to do better. If you're going out of your way to help other people, it makes your job more fun because you're not worried about, like, are they, am I going to get yelled at? Yeah, like, yeah, am yeah. I doing this the wrong way? Bold standpoints. You don't got to worry about it. In a leadership standpoint, you're like, I don't need to worry about yelling at anybody because that's not my focal point. Right. I, it's, a, it's a trust all They around. were there to support us, the managers yeah. were. They were yeah. there to put us in a, a position to succeed. And that's the differentiating factor is, like, if we want to, if we want to um, create a workplace that attracts, that keeps the best people. It's all about allowing our people the freedom to innovate, mm-hmm. which means like you got to be able to try new things. Yeah. And, and we got to be there for you when you fuck up to say, what if you did it this yeah. way? Or we like, all fuck up. How else? Yeah, exactly. I've been there. Here's how I avoided it. Yep, 100%. Yeah. You know, it's funny, too, and again – I know we were going to go into F1, but let's stick to surfing. But, <laughs> uh, next time. You know, you know people, but people, <laughs> customers see that. They do. Like, I mentioned LBM and Cloak and & Dagger and Jukebox. Those are some of my favorites in the city. And that was prior to having them on. Like, you, just, you notice those things. Mm-hmm. You know, they, like, you don't go into LBM and they're like, welcome to LBM. Our specials there are extreme fajitas. My name is Roger. I want to fucking kill myself. Yeah. yeah. You know, they'll walk over. They're like, hey, what are we thinking drinks? Like, they're like, yeah. fuck this guy. I feel like he's going to drink with us. Yeah. It's a different, it's places like that that have, like, like the thing that I've always, in terms of, like, guests that we've had, it's usually places that I've been that have a personality and character that's different than everything else. Like, uh, the one, one I always bring up is, like, Black Cat Barbershop, going there versus going to a barbershop. I feel like I am hanging out with friends while someone just happens to be cutting my hair. Mm-hmm. That is a vibe that is very, very different. The same thing with some of those restaurants and some of those places, some of those bars. Those are the places I go to. Those are places I keep wanting to going back mm-hmm. to. Yeah. And that translates into revenue, even though I know a lot of these places don't care about that, but that's how you get regulars. Regulars also love, obviously, the drinks and the food, but they also like where they're going. Like, I'm a big proponent of that. I love that stuff. I like going to Happy Dog. I like going to LBM, not just because I think their cocktails and food are some of the best in the city. I like that place. I love Cloak and Dagger, mm-hmm. and not because of the way it looks and because of the drinks and the food, because it just it's just really, really cool. When I'm ordering a drink, I feel like I'm part of the drink-making process. Yeah. It's the, that's just, that's a different, it's a different, different vibe. Mm-hmm. Very, very different. I mm-hmm. love, love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, you're, 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 you're making everybody part of the experience. Um, and, and that's so true from a leadership state. Like, you have to have that. Like, you have to be able to make everybody feel like they're part of something. Yeah. That's that's one of the, the key ingredients that keeps people on board. You can go anywhere for money. Um, one of the most demotivating things as a manager you can do is tell people that they're working to get paid. Yeah. Cool. I'm going to go somewhere else because they're going to pay me more. Uh, yeah. If you're first, get, if you're getting that from leadership, that's yeah. like that's pretty. You're, you're getting set up for yeah. disaster. It's yeah. low standards. Yeah, yep. Uh, uh, and again, you know, when somebody gets an offer from somebody else, and you give them a higher counter offer, they're already gone. They're already gone. They're already on their way out the door. The <laughs> fact that they're even looking that has nothing to do with money. And the like, these people offered me five thousand dollars more. 
What are you going to offer me? See, cool. That, Here's another five. The fact that you're looking. Let, let's be real. Yeah. Companies don't reach out to people and say, "Hey, saw your resume. I want to give you fifteen grand more than whatever you're making." They left and they started looking because they're exploring. Right. And whether people it's, you know, I know there are people that <laughs> yeah. are always just looking for opportunities. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But companies aren't reaching out to people on LinkedIn and just saying, I heard you're good. How would you like whatever you have plus 20 grand? Right. They reach out to them first. Right. And that's a, again, and you know what's funny? It's like, like companies will be like, oh my God, I didn't even know you were looking. I'm like, mm-hmm. I feel like you should have known. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, there should never be a time where, like, hey, I'm putting in my two weeks. Like, the, the, unless they're like, I'm making 30 grand more or 40 grand more than I'm making here and I can't pass it up. If they're like, look, I'm just got another job, I'm going to take it. If their answer is, oh my God, I'm, I'm blown away, I'm like, you're kind of a bad manager then. Because, yeah. man, I, I, man, when I've been working with people, whether they worked like under me or they worked in the same department as me or above me and they're like, so and so quit, I'm like, oh, Called that, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, can you, tell. you usually you, know. you can tell, yeah, yeah. you can 100% you know, tell. you just know, yeah, you yeah. know. I mean, and I've seen every, I've seen every facet of that scenario. I've seen people walking around openly telling people that they're interviewing because yeah. they just don't give a shit. Nope. They're and, giving you clues. They're like, I'm sick of this place. Yeah, exactly. And then when that and happens, that's bad culture, dude, not that, from that, the worker that is, standpoint. That is a, that's a grass is greener scenario that really works against companies when people can openly and like are sitting in a break room and they're all talking about how they're all looking for other jobs. That's it. Just reinforces. And then the manager like, oh, so walks not, in, and everyone's like, "It's like, did you see that? Did you?" Brown's lost today. Hey, so. Bob. Yeah. <laughs> or Mike in Brian's case. Yeah, fucking <laughs> yeah. Mike. Yeah, and then it just reinforces the so I'm not the only one. This place does suck. I'm doing something right Mm -hmm. by looking for something else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's a. You could talk about this for like 10 hours. That's what I'm saying. I I really, really could. (laughs) I really, really could. It's just, it's it's an amazing, it's an amazing scenario that we're in right now. And it's not going to end until companies wise up or lean into the freelancer side of it. So we're we're not, we're like, and and then that goes back to well that means the whole benef- the way benefits are structured in this country need to change and the that's why it's like are you are we seriously about to have an election with two people who are two octogenarians essentially in 2024 yeah just for Brian, what does that mean? What what is an octogen? I know, but Brian probably doesn't know. What's it mean? What does that word mean? Hey, I know what it they means. have eight legs. Yeah, it's an octopus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I know yeah. what it means. No, I knew. Yeah, yeah. cool. I'm, I'm a Squid Billies fan. I know what it is. <laughs> I go octogenarian. I'm like, is that but, racist? Yeah, <laughs> it sounds like it should be. Yeah. How like, dare you talk about my president? Oh, that is that way. a Serbian term? <laughs> yeah. Is that a neg- is that a slur for Serbians? It is. Are it's we a, back to yeah. this? We're back to the genocide. Man. Yeah. Um, and, and and so they're operating. They're they're playing. <laughs> they're playing 3D checkers. When the world is heading into a more four-dimensional place, and it's it's maddening to watch, but you can't look away, um, and that's why I do what I do. Is I mean, you know, if I can make a difference in a few companies, and they can point to their results to other companies in their field, um, and they make similar changes, like I obviously I want everybody to hire me for my services. Sure, <laughs> but. I I really liked Andrew Yang as a candidate for president because I he was too. like, you know what? I 
have a long shot at making it, but I want the conversation of UBI and automation to be part of everybody's conversation. Yeah. He was back to the a little bit of this, a little bit of that mm-hmm. merch. And that I really liked Andrew Yang, too. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I don't know what happened in his mayoral campaign in New York. It Something happened. He became an alien. But uh, there's an episode with, with Anthony DeVito where we talk about that on my podcast. You can't laugh at that. Uh, it, I can edit that yeah. out. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, but I, I still listen to his podcast because it's shifted more toward we need to create new voices. We need this back and forth between I'm right, you're wrong. Is like there's no conversation there. Well, I mean, that, 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 I mean you can even liken the presidential process to – I mean, you, you think it's something that needs a massive overhaul right now. It needs blown the fuck up. Yeah. yeah. It to, needs. To, to simply, the nicest way is it needs a massive overhaul. Two-party systems are horseshit, man. There, there are more and more people. I mean, I do think that a lot of people in terms of like the, the, the voting ratio as far as who actually votes versus registered voters or at least eligible voters, the reason that that number has always been so low, especially in the last probably five, six elections, Obviously, I do think that a lot of it has to do with the candidates. Everyone's just like, I don't like anybody. But it's also because people are like, I don't agree with – I can't get on board with either side 100%. Mm-hmm. They're both they're both Republicans will not evolve. Liberals cannot be consistent at all. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I don't, I don't feel like I have a party. So everyone's like moderate, independent, whatever. It, it just needs to be a an open field, eight people, ten people, whatever that is, and everyone's just working toward – it should be like the fucking yeah. Sweet 16 in the NCAA. <laughs> we, we had a reality yeah. show president. Why can't we have a reality show election? Yeah. Let's have 16 yeah. candidates where they yeah. are tasked with solving, I don't know, the Flint water crisis. Yeah. And they have to work together to solve that problem. And at the end, we pick the person who did the best at yeah. it. Yeah. You, you know, the, Biden brings out his Legos. He's like, this is how I do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, and Trump's That's like, a Biden impression. Trump's like, I've been to Flint. There's no problem. Yeah, there's no problem. The water's Everyone great. loves me. Yeah. I've been to Flint. They made me the mayor. Thank you. I don't want to be devil's, devil's advocate. I was voted the best person in Flint. I, I, <laughs> my middle name's Flint. Yeah, yeah my middle <laughs> Donald Flint Trump. Donald Flint Trump. I, I don't want to be devil's Larry advocate. Larry Flint, great guy. Because I, I agree with this. However, I do think it does go to a point because a lot of voters are like those, those country voters, the people that, not, not to blame them, but more than, more than two nominees towards the end of an election is too much for some of those people to handle right <laughs> i'm being dead out it's like do you need two options it's either coke or pepsi you know for some of the, for a lot of people that is true most it sucks it sucks most, that, because we, we need to, for a lot of people it's got to be a true and false question yeah, like it even really even like a, a lot mm-hmm. of people are even afraid to vote for a third party because they know going into it that it's pretty much a wasted vote Oh. It's a motherfucker. It's someone from Worcester, Ohio. That's yeah. like I got a farm. Gary my- Johnson. Yeah, Gary. Yeah, like yeah, Gary Johnson. It's Carl a wasted vote. GJ. Yeah, <laughs> like, we're taught, but also at the same time, I was taught that as a child. You know, I what? was taught as a child yeah. that if you don't vote for one of the main two people, it's a wasted vote. Well, it's, so it's it's a, it's a play into well, yeah. You know, that was uh, during the uh, the the Trump uh, the Trump uh, Hillary Clinton election. That was a big thing, is that people, like, I remember, I don't remember the, no, I actually do remember the comic. Uh, it was on Chelsea Handler's show. I don't remember who she had on. I want to say it was someone comical, probably Jesse Ventura. 
Uh, <laughs> not an actual comic, okay. but still made me yeah. laugh. Yeah, he's um, silly. But God. he had met, he had actually mentioned Gary Johnson, and she said, kind of to what you just said, she's like, you can't a vote not for Hillary is a vote for Trump. And which kind of plays into what you just said. I don't agree. Like really I don't want it to be like that. But Very like, stupid. But, Very but, stupid. But how a lot of people are. It's not people. People no, are right. I, it's not a yelling like, "Why the fuck are you like this?" It's just. It's so. It's some people are too simple. It, it's too complex having more than two voters. It's, and I think the system takes advantage of that. Well, it's that's all, why they have two. It's also because, people. like, say in every election, just say that there's ten. That there's ten important topics. There's probably way more, but just say there's ten. People really only care about two, and they ignore the other eight. Yeah, they ignore the the the, the two. Like, like it's pretty much Republican like people, Democrat. People that voted for for Trump, a lot of Middle America people. I don't think a lot of them were actually racist. I thought of he was telling all of them like, "Hey, you know what? I'm going to make sure you don't lose your jobs." The automation stuff is like, "Don't worry, man. We're going to stick with coal, fuck green." Yeah. All those things. And everyone's like, "My main concern is not losing my fucking job. I don't give a shit what he said about Mexicans." Yeah. And then he's like, "I'm not saying that I don't like Mexicans. I'm saying he said what he said. Hillary says dumb shit, but this is the thing where that's most important to me and that's where I'm going to vote." And right. Hillary didn't even come to my state. And a lot of a lot of those right. people. A lot that of yeah. she fucked so up. stupid. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, up. you want? I mean, well, that's I why you changed her, it. Her book is called "What Happened." I don't have to read the book. Yeah. it's yeah. just such a fucking funny title. Right. <laughs> what what happened? It's just like what happened. No, we all know. <laughs> you, I th- I'm pretty sure it's called "What Happened." It, it is. is. Yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. hilarious. I want to read it so bad. It's, but I know it's going to be It all so starts bad. like, yeah. I'm a victim. And, yeah, and, I know uh, it's going to be chapter yeah. one. Not my fault. Chapter yeah. two, guess who else is to blame? Yeah. Chapter three, guess who else fucked me over? Like, that's what yeah. that whole Chapter 47, Bill really liked those balloons. So did I. Yeah, yeah those were really cool she balloons. Lost, she lost that election because she thought there was no way she could lose that she election. She was the most overqualified. Hubris, man. She was the most overqualified. Person like, and he Nebraska. was the most underqualified. They like me. I got California. Yeah. Yeah. What Iowa? I don't know where that is. When, when a country, <laughs> is... Idaho? No, Utah. And, and that's what's Build funny to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what's funny to me about this resistance to the status quo is that the people who are conservative chose the choice that was so anti-status quo. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, you did that, but you did it in the wrong direction. Let's and that and that's why I really because everyone agrees see on that. Everyone agrees. Get out of the status quo. We need quo. to break. We need to break the system. Everyone's on the same page, but just on the wrong page at the same time. Yeah, everybody's on different pages. Yeah, uh, everyone. Wants everyone's to, on the same page, but in a different book. Every, every yeah, every, page seventy two. Oh, I have a, yeah. I have the King James version. What do you have? Like you know, everyone's yeah. everyone's down. They're like, we need a new book, but everyone chose a different book. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we're all the and same. And the, the same amount of people. Some of us are in the book. Bible. Some of us are in the novelization of Die Hard Three. <laughs> Other people, giant flying spaghetti monster. Yeah, well, we're all in the same boat. But there have been how many different remakes of Titanic? You know. Yeah. <laughs> And they all fucking sink. And they all sink. Yep. And they all sink, and it's a fucking nightmare. Yeah. There's only one, though, where Leo didn't fit. Yeah. (laughs) There's only one. But in all of them, the band is playing on the way down. Mm -hmm. And that's me. Yeah. (laughs) That's America. (laughs) I am the band on the Titanic. Yeah. Yeah, You know, if if I can make uh, your ship sinking uh, the best. Ship More enjoyable. Than you've ever experienced. There you go. Which Hire brings me. full circle. Ship shaking is just like your job. If I can make it a little bit more enjoyable, I've done my but, job. But, but, but that's the thing: is this binary way of thinking, yeah, this yeah. either or uh, argument. It it and that's what so many leaders have with their employees. It's like, do I take care of my people or do I make money, dude? The question is, how can you do both? How can you 
make sure that your people are succeeding to the best of their ability, putting them in a place to do better, constantly asking questions, how can I help? And yeah. meaning it and doing something about it, um, asking how can I do it versus which should we do? It changes the entire dynamic. I think and yeah. I do. I think it happens in terms of. The, I think there's an actual, whether it's a, a genuine attempt or not. Because again, most companies do have these like engagement leaders. But I think I feel like if I'm in that room, like what happens is there's like, all right, engagement. We got to reduce retention. Someone's like, here's how much it'll cost. I'm like, cool. All right, just take them out for beers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> happy hour. Everyone yeah. loves happy hour. Yeah. Take Couple hundred bucks. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. This is, we can afford this that. is such a complex uh, a complex subject of the work because I don't even think it goes to like the managers or the higher-ups of the people that you talk to. It goes from the people that you don't talk to that own the company because those people are promoting the people to talk to you. Because how I mean, many how many people it's really that should have the job because it's, they're good at it compared to how many people that have been, just been working it so long that I deserve this? And a lot of people don't get it, but it's usually the person who someone's inching their way up the company. It doesn't give a fuck about talking to the people. Mm -hmm. They don't give a fuck about how I can make the job better for anybody else. That's it why goes. I, how can I make yeah. it for me, and how can I make my own vision for this company, which is like has been proven to where, based off how the system's been, that it's kind of the wrong way of it's very short promotion and Super, putting people yeah. in position. It's, it's instant gratification versus yep. long term goals. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that's that's why it's it's multi leveled in terms of. It's like this again that you can't really just hire an engagement manager for this. Yeah. You have to hire an engagement manager and then you have to actually give them some autonomy over everything to be like, hey, I'm not this isn't I'm not trying to be a hard ass about this, but this isn't a polite suggestion. We have to do this shit. Yeah. This stuff is proven to work. Our retention is X percent. If it goes down by 15% next year, we're going to save X amount of money. Is there anyone that's against that? Then let's fucking try it. Because what we're doing right now ain't working. Mm -hmm. It's just not. Let's yeah. do the different thing and see if it works. Really, it can't get any fucking worse. It really can't. Right, and we're gonna, no. at the very least, we're going to learn something. Yeah. Uh, about our people, about our processes, about our structures, about about you know how we engage with our clients and engage with our employees. Mm -hmm. At the very least, you learn something yeah. about how to do it better next time. And that's why it's so important to be wrong because if I pitch something and I'm wrong, dude. Mm -hmm. Call me out on it yeah. because <laughs> I want to get better at it. I, I want to give you yeah. what – I'm not here to make money. Yeah, I need to pay my bills, but I want to see your company as a company that people look to. Like I want to be able to say they are a shining example of what to do right. You're having a hard time finding people? Look at these people. Yeah, They're in your, they're in your field. You can come up with every excuse in the book, but there is somebody – that is running a company that is your size in your industry that is crushing it right now, and you're not doing that. I have a question for both of you guys. So with that, because I agree with that logic 100%. However, I feel like with that logic, it can go deeper because – so you are pretty much hiring – like it, it was pretty much for a long time hiring people based off degrees. People had to go to college because you can't get that job with that degree. Sure. We've talked about this, Joe. Yeah. A lot of places that were requesting degrees now just want workers. So, but but if but the sad thing is because I agree with that. I don't think you need a degree to work anywhere. I think if you're if, if if you're an outside if you're out of the box thinker in the right position, you don't need a degree. You could figure out money and you know, but it, 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 can, it can benefit a company depending on who you are and what the company is. I, I but think is that going to defeat the purpose of college degrees for some kids that no, go into it? Not everybody, no, because it'll minimize the, because some. there are, no. 
It's yeah, just like, a small minimization. Yeah, I can't go with a positive attitude and be an electrical engineer. Like right. I need a degree. You know, yeah, but right. but for some, I want to be a heart surgeon. Well, yeah. Well, no, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> saying, always been really into blood. <laughs> well, no, yeah. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying that. I mean by like I know what you're talking saying, to people. Mm-hmm. Like and, okay, so we were ta- you and I were talking earlier about like a like a like a sales job or something like that. No, I don't. Th- I think sales is a personality trait. I don't think that requires a degree. Yeah. I think you can learn a product. I think anyone can learn a product. Um, anyone can learn a product. Anyone can learn a process. Are you hungry to learn? Yeah. I'm, I'm but, saying, but do you have that trait? Do you have like a disarming trait? Are you comfortable speaking? Like those are things I think you can get better at with practice. But for the most, my opinion, for the most part, a lot of that is just a personality trait that you can do. And I don't think you need to have a, a four year degree, you know, to, to, to take an entry level sales position. I don't I'm, think I'm talking about like a writing. Like like okay so like a writing or a writer's room right mm-hmm. someone like in, in writer's room like you can like if like so let's say I want to do a show and I'm like hey David you're qualified I want you to get your own writer's room right and then you're getting a bunch of people they're like okay how can I make this show the best show possible I'm gonna be bringing in people that have written for shows but also I want to bring in some out of box thinkers that haven't done a show mm-hmm. so everyone can learn from each other to go oh yeah I it's been a minute since I first started to run a show I'm we're not gonna go with that idea but. I like where you're going, and that motivated me because I know what I'm doing now. I'm talking more of like that build up with maybe just building a company up and building the culture. Yeah, like, I, does I that make sense? Is that, I, that that's what I meant? Companies originally. are hiring for culture. They're, the the interview questions aren't like what experience do you have? It's like how have you dealt with something like a situation that's like in an interesting way, or how did you how did how did you fuck up? And what did you do about what's it? What's the yeah. what's the what's your most recent success that you're proud of? What's your most recent failure, and how did you learn from it and adapt? Like, and I, I don't like, think those are bad yeah. questions. Yeah. How do you have fun? That's one that, that I thought was interesting. And and they, uh, you know, the people who are like, I like to play cards, like, yeah. or, or well, somebody who's like, you know what, I like to get fucked up on the weekends and hang out with the boys, uh, and I bring that mentality into work. Uh, but without the alcohol, yeah. Like, be like I'm interested like, in that. Guy. That's actually bar. You just yeah. described bar stool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you know what? I, I will say, though, <laughs> but they're a big company, so I will. You know, I will yeah, say, yeah. The, the, the last yeah. the place I'm currently working at, and no one's ever done this for me before, and I, I really did appreciate this. Mm-hmm. Um, had a couple of interviews with them, which I understand. Sometimes, for certain spots, you're going to talk to a bunch of people. I completely get that. Um, that whole process, Jesus Christ. I could do an interviewing podcast for two hours, too. But what a fucking nightmare that is. But <laughs> when I jumped on a Zoom call, I thought I was going to like talk to her about some other stuff. And she's like, so look, we want to offer you the job. I'm like, cool. That's I'm really excited. She's like, but I kind of just want to get to know you a little bit because I can't invite you out because it was during COVID. It's July of 2020. It's like, so are you cool just kind of just talking? I just want to know more about you. You know, in the interview process, we were talking about your your, your skills and all that. And I like that. But... What do you do for fun? What's your yeah. wife's name? Yeah. Do you have pets? What are their names? Show me a picture. And yeah. I was just like, and I talked for like 45 minutes just about, uh, I'd never said the podcast because I'm afraid they're going to listen. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, they're going to hire you the job. Serbian, next thing I have a Serbian boss. Yeah. yeah. They're like, oh, you think down. genocide yeah. is, uh, is small potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, Joe doesn't know what octopus. Oxygen means. Yeah. Or, I don't remember. I that. love the Black Widow movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, <laughs> just with the accent. <laughs> He's like, I'm Yelena. Hey, Florence, yeah, Florence Pugh pulls it off. Uh huh. She's a beast. Huge. <laughs> yeah, I love Florence Pugh. I could also do two hours on her. Oh yeah. my god. 
Dude, the podcast might no, be like yeah. 40 seconds. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, Zach Braffin had something to say to you about it. <laughs> I'd fuck him up. Yeah. I hope he, I'll tag him in this. I'll fuck yeah. him up. Oh, I'm yeah. not worried. Calm down, scrub. Hey, we don't want no Where scrubs. Where did this go? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is right around the time we wrap it up. Um, yeah. <laughs> when, you know, we just start talking about your stuff like that. Yeah. But, um, uh, so what do you got coming up? You got a lot of stuff. We were talking about it before Brian came here, only 46 minutes late. Yeah. But uh, what do you guys got? Hey, I had to go to bed. Time is a man made construct. Yeah, that's true. Just like <laughs> Tell work. that to your new just employer. Just like work is a man made yeah, construct. Yeah, it's also something I utilize to schedule guests. So. Yeah. <laughs> Again, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Uh-huh. So let me just work is our attempt at harnessing human ability. And humans are best at creating. And what I'm creating, boom. Is uh, <laughs> is a is a stage for comment. Brian and I are working on this together. We're doing one more joke at Judd's City Tavern every Tuesday starting January fourth. Yeah, and uh, tell them a little bit about the concept. So so okay. So uh, I used to run that room at Duck Island, and it was kind. Of, that was a shit show. It was the first room I ever ran. So again, it was a learning experience. But uh, there was another girl who ran it on another night. Um, and, uh, there were a few times we took, the first time we took over the show, it was like me, David, Brett, uh, Riley, Riley, Joe Gray. Like we had a, a, all the funny comics that are still doing it today. Like three years ago, mm-hmm. we would all, we kind of, it was like a small audience. It was at like 1am, 2am yeah. and we're all just spitballing one more joke and the audience is loving it. Even if jokes didn't work, it didn't matter. It was about the, it was about the experience that you're just like, whoa, these guys are insane and we're having a fun time. Um, so, so that kind of happened a few times and again, that was just happening and it was just move on. Right. But then David and I were, there's not too many shows. There's not as much opportunity as there was before COVID. Um, and I think David and I, we, we both, uh, separately run, run really good shows to, uh, separately. Right. So what we've been working on now is, I mean, we've been doing, um, uh, heart of gold like uh, i was helping david out with heart of gold uh, and we were we were collabing on that and now we're going to collab on judd's it's going to be like a, pr- a booked open mic um it's gonna be open mic but also we're going to book some some of our comics just you know because they're funny people and yeah, they, they, des- good show. they deserve a spotlight it's going to be yeah. a good show and then the end of the show it's going to be these people are going to have a chance to do one more joke right like at the end of their set we're going to figure out a topic uh they can write one more joke at, at the end of the night and pretty much all these comics that are going to have one more joke are going to do one more joke at the end. And it's going to give comics that don't get the opportunity to perform uh, at places where we believe they should be performing all, all around all the time. Mm-hmm. Some of them don't have that opportunity because, I mean, comedy is like anything. I mean, there, there's, uh, there's so much focus. People get lost in the shuffle. So uh, good comics are going to get the opportunity to have fun at a new show and create a new room together. And brand new comics are going to be able to figure out what five minutes is and uh, pretty much uh, maybe eventually be a part of the culture. If they like it enough, they get to be like, I can make my own thing. So, I mean, that's that's pretty much what I've, I mean, we've talked about it. Obviously, we're running the show together. But it's going to be at Judd's, yeah, uh, starting January 4th on Tuesdays. Yeah. And it's going to be a fun show. It's for, uh, you know, the regulars at the bar and for all the comics that want to get an opportunity just to start something new. And it's it's a restart because also that night of the week, there's no shows for anybody. So there are late, holes uh, where, late. Th- yeah. yeah, late. There are no, there there are spots where there's no shows, and sometimes people like try to put the like David like when we were running we started doing good company, 
uh, me and David would talk about it because I was bringing Dina's back. And we both have Monday shows, Monday monthly shows. And, I mean, what, what we could have done was we could have ran the same show at the same, same time. Uh, different yep. shows at the same time, same day of the week. But no, what we did was, okay, let's work together. Let's build separate shows on different nights of the week, right? So then there's more opportunity. So someone could be on two shows in one week, and then the next week they could be on David's show after mine, which what we were doing uh, this week, I had to cancel Dina's because uh, uh, people were getting COVID. You know, everything's fucked right now. Everyone's getting COVID and shit. And I had a couple of comics on. They came into contact. They're like, hey, we don't know if we have it. We just don't want to do this because we came in contact. I'm like, perfect. Uh, so then they're going to be on the show. They're going to be at David's show next week. So I still get the chance to perform with them and have a conversation with them. Again, if we ran the show at the same day, we just doubled. We just doubled down and we lost everything, you know. But right. Judd's is going to be a good time to, again, just a good a good place for people to maybe like not even lower expectations. Just relax. Like we're yeah. not taking ourselves too seriously. We're having fun. No, I, I sent you a, a, a video driving home from Charleston, West Virginia the other night. Where yeah. I was like, Judds, this is what it is. Like, we're going to, there's going to be some shit sets. There's going to be some great sets. Yeah. Um, but as long as, and, and that's the thing is I hate walking into shows that try to be something they're not. Be honest with your audience. If you have a lineup that you're questionable about, like, be open and not like I, I watched John Bruton open a show at B side right after the pandemic. And he was like, we haven't been on stage in months. This might be like a train wreck, but you guys are here where we want to, we want to make you laugh. We are here We like our intentions are pure. Like we are here to do this. Yeah. Um, and, and so this is a, this is a symbiotic relationship and that's, that's what it should be in the workplace. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. that's what it should be in the workplace. That's what it should be. Whatever show it is. So we got one more joke yeah. coming up on Tuesdays. We're gonna start it at 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. on Tuesday nights. And uh, was it 10 or nine? Uh, nine or 10. Well, f- we're gonna figure it out. I yeah, think, yeah. I think yeah. nine. <laughs> we're gonna have to go back. Well, at least you both agree it's that yeah. one yeah. hour yeah. time frame. Yeah, I think yeah. we're doing nine, it at nine, nine, nine thirty. Ten or nine. nine. Yeah. But no, it depends. Every your your favorite local show yeah. starts at least fifteen at minutes late. So yeah, and at eight. Yeah. So so nine fifteen. Yeah, let's say that. Uh, we also have uh, the last Monday of every month at Good Company. We're doing a service industry themed comedy show. Uh, service industry is a market that to build a local scene. My mentality is, you get people from out of town at your tables. They're like, "What do we do in Cleveland on this night?" And if and if these people in the service industry can say, "Hey, we have confidence that every night of the week there is a comedy show. You can go laugh." You can see you can go to this local venue that isn't necessarily necessarily hilarities. You want to go to the club, cool, but you can go to any local venue, watch good comedy, laugh, eat good food, drink good cocktails, and that's what we're and that's what we're going to provide. A good company. Last Monday of every month, we're doing a mic there. Mm-hmm. Every other Monday of the month, uh, we're 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 launching all these things at once. So you opened a fucking can of worms, my man. This was the. Costco-sized can of worms, yeah. <laughs> and we're unleashing them on you. It's funny because uh, whenever someone's like, "What's Brian's comedy like?" I'm like, "You ever been to Costco?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, "I'll see you Monday." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for, for the first time, it's for the first, you're yeah. just overwhelmed. You're yeah. like, they had the chips yeah. are big. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and also just like Costco, I don't shut the fuck up about yeah. Sam's Club during yeah. my set. <laughs> right, right. It's mainly Sam's Club. So we have that. Um, I didn't know you could buy a keg of Crush. Yeah, <laughs> oh, and you then, can at Costco. Yeah, sign up for the club. Uh, stay 
tuned because we're going to be doing a late night Saturday show. Venue to be determined, but the first one is going to be Jan. I have the confidence to say this. I'm going to fucking say it. Do it. Uh, January 29th. Late night, 10 p.m. or later. We're not sure just yet, but um, we're going to have... We have Blake Hammonds coming up from Cincinnati, who is a killer. And uh, he's going to be headlining. We're, we're going to open up the, the floor to um, comics who have been performing at clubs that weekend to do uh, to do bits and just kind of have a an immersive comedy experience. Uh, make it feel almost like a comedy underground where it's a place for comics to go hang out. Uh, whether you're doing a set or not, it's a it's a good place to go and just be around funny people. Um, we're not sure exactly where just yet. We've got yeah. a couple venues in the works, but um, probably start at nine or ten. Yeah, yeah. We're ten or eleven. Or... Actually, we're gonna keep uh, yeah, it later. Start at eleven. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Duck Late Island night Saturday, style. man. You know, <laughs> I started and, Duck and, Island at like midnight one yeah. time. It was insane. Yeah, and the show ended at like three. That's not a normal. That wasn't we, a normal. We, no, we want to give like. Like we were saying earlier, people in Cleveland don't know that you can go out every night and watch a comedy show that isn't at Hilarities, and I, we need yeah. to build a scene like that, because when you go to New York, like, yeah, they have all the clubs, but there are any number of bar shows at cool venues uh, that, that care about comedy, that um, that that's that create an experience for their customers. And you're and eventually going to see a lot of those comics at big clubs one day. Right. Well, that's what, that's what he we want to Before you got yeah. here, we were talking about, like, if there was, like, a a hub where someone could find ba like I can't Google comedy shows near me in the next week and come up. Most of these things aren't going to come up. There's not, right. I have to be, I have to be following the right comics or the right people or the right bars or restaurants or clubs, which who all is really doing that? Uh, yeah, that, that's something I, I wish there was a better way. Maybe there will be, you know, soon. I might uh, talk to Haley from the bucket list. She that's probably, a good. That's a good part that. section. We were talking about that. Like there's, like you said, there are shows every single night. The only reason I know that's something because I know Brian, I know you, and I follow mm -hmm. you guys, so I'm aware of them. But casual people who you know like comedy and like comedy shows, they don't. They're like, oh, I don't know. I don't know of anywhere. Maybe Hilarity's Friday. That's what yeah. they know. Yeah. You know, or maybe another one here and there that they heard about, but. The show right, is all Tom the time. is in town or whatever. Yeah, exactly. But it's like but there's that's all we, we've got. Yeah. I mean, we've got so many good comics. Locally. There's shows all the time, and there are some really, really funny comics in Cleveland. We've had a bunch of them on here. I've seen a bunch of them live. They've done some of our shows. They're great. They're really, really funny. I mean, it's just yeah. I mean, whatever. It's a, it's a discussion for another time. But I mean, that that would be something like that that could help people. I think would be huge. Totally. Yeah. You can go out and laugh every night. Yeah, um, any I, night you want. That, that's why I want to spread. That that's that's. It's corny to say it, but if people have a why behind why they work, they are going to go above and beyond for you. Yeah. So give mm -hmm. them a why, um, and the why behind what what I do, I think the world should laugh more. Yeah. Everything I do, is based around that, and so. And the destruction of Serbians. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah, we've established. Hey, if Cain and Abel laughed more, right. the one wouldn't have killed the other. Right. It'd been like, I'm sorry, this rock looks like mom's hair. Yeah. Maybe if uh, Jesus would have made Judas laugh more, <laughs> Judas wouldn't have been like, hey, I'm going to snitch on this motherfucker. Right. You know, you got to know your audience. Yeah. Uh, you got to know who yeah. you're going to make. Judas, laugh. like, I'm done with this guy. He keeps wanting to rub my feet. And there's yeah. no, <laughs> nothing's funny about it. He just, yeah, but if he right. lived around now, he'd know how common that was. Yeah, right. yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and honestly, Judas would be thriving in today's world. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Judas would be headlining a club right now <laughs> he'd have gone viral a few times yeah, yeah it wouldn't be saint jude it would be saint judas yeah, yeah. yeah saint judas you know yeah. <laughs> of a cc yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a Catholic joke. Not a lot of people get that. Yeah. <laughs> Look up the Bible. Yeah, look yeah, up just the Google Bible. the Bible. Yeah. It'll come Sorry, right it's not yeah. that many words. It's yeah. just like at least two testaments. That's fine. That's all. Yeah, it's mind. like a, it's a little shorter than a Harry Potter book. Yeah, yeah. A goblet of fire. And again, the, the Bible. The the why behind the Bible. Yeah, yeah. Also, just like Jesus cool. and Jesus, uh, some people don't believe in J.K. Rowling anymore. So. <laughs> Not yeah. saying they're the same, but someone needs to delete the yeah, Twitter just, app off her fucking phone. Yeah, <laughs> imagine if Jesus had a tweet, a Twitter. Oh my god, he wouldn't be saying fucked up shit, but people no. would be like, "Hey, man, I disagree." People would be saying fucked up shit. To they him. would actually. They'd be like, "Yo, save your motherfucker." Dude, if Jesus was around today, like if the so savior bad, yeah. were born today, it would just be like, "This guy just nobody's." Talk- Show us your stats. Yeah. Like show hey. us the show us the facts. Hey, Jesus Resurre- will be like, I'm trying I'm to tell you to be God. Kind. I'm here to save everyone from <laughs> yeah. their original sin. And they'd be like, Well, let me ask you this. Can you kick my ass? Yeah. Well that's where he <laughs> fucked up. He yeah. made it. His messaging was bad. He didn't have a PR guy. Very you yeah. can't say you're the son he of kept God. It, he kept you it can house. say be cool. He everyone kept, agrees yeah. with that. Well he yeah. kept his PR in house. That he should out he should outsource yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, and the house of the Lord is notoriously bad for Crusade. Also, that seems kind of exclusionary. Like, yeah. House of Public. Public House. Dude, that's where it came from. Someone yeah. on Twitter would have been like, resurrect this dick. <laughs> With some Dr. Dre song playing in the background. Listen, resurrect. I wouldn't have had to slog through eight episodes of Midnight Mass if Jesus had a great message. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. And switch up the goddamn prayers and songs, yeah. man. Uh-huh. Amen. <laughs> Can we really quick? <laughs> no, I, still, I, remember, I actually know a lot of those songs still by heart. Oh, like, dude! The, yeah, you hear I my Christmas time, huh? Oh. You watch this? I love the Midnight Mass. Um, the uh, the <laughs> Were you there when they nailed him to the tree? Hell yeah! And I just want to be like, <laughs> Why would I admit that? Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> fucked up. Yeah, a cops in the background, just like, oh, Huey was there. Okay, that's murder. That, really, that's like, you know, what we'll do actually, we'll do a brief. A brief episode, like one time, where we just read the lyrics, the Catholic songs. They're fucked up. Yeah, yeah. How many times do you use the word nerve? Yeah, yeah. Also, they they remix Beethoven classics for some reason. Beethoven just have a song, and they'll be like, "Oh shit, how do we mention Jesus as the Son of God in this? (laughs) How do we make new lyrics?" Dude, that's what song like for the symphony. It was like that was the controversial rap back in the day. There was one that was just like (laughs) no SoundCloud. Yeah, there was one. It was so bad where it was like, even if there's an apocalypse around you, just remember jesus is cool yeah jesus is like though the mountains may fall though the hills turn to dust and then it's like but don't worry because of the glory of god i'd be like if all that shit's going on the glory of god is not my biggest problem right Right. now how are these hills turning to dust jesus (laughs) jesus was a classic democrat Great message, terrible messaging. Super, uh-huh. super bad. Yeah, he was the Bernie Sanders of his time. Yes, he was. <laughs> everyone's like, <laughs> everyone's like, everything you're saying seems kind of yeah. cool, man. But also, I feel like you got some dark shit. Yeah, I am yeah. once again asking for you to love one another. Yeah. <laughs> and they're all like, I, I have plans. <laughs> People were like socialism. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, he just said be nice. He's like, yeah, fucking communist. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> fucking. I, I, I like what, I like what, like, hardcore Republicans, they're like, yeah, Jesus. Like, it'll be like, America, America first. And it'll just be a picture of Jesus. Like, that dude, that dude was not oh, I American. Love, dude. I love he both. was a Middle Eastern guy. <laughs> I love how both, so... both sides of the spectrum embrace and deny science just depending on the topic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're like, no, 
Bible said this. Like, that's not science. No. Yeah. Like, yeah it's uh, pretty and, close. <laughs> and honestly, the Bible was political. The whole thing was political. Uh, yeah, it was all. They, they were all. They were writing stories about men they didn't know. Like, come, let's make something up for Peter. Okay, hey, yeah. we want people to stop eating pork. How do we do that? Say it's a sin. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know. Yeah. You know how many things in the Bible are actually a sin? If you actually, it's crazy. Everything. Someone broke that down. Like I'm sinning 40. right now. I'm going to hell based off Tattoos, of the shoes yeah. that I'm wearing. I found that out. Yeah. I found yeah. that out. Like after. Getting like my third one, they're just like tattoos or something. Yeah. Well, what am I gonna do? Fucking remove it? I can't. Yeah, you can. Yeah, well, but that's I'm probably gonna, a sin too. I'm not gonna do that. You're admitting that's that admitting, you sin. No, that that's worshiping false idols. If I take it off. Yeah, my yeah, mom true. was like, we, "You should come stay over Christmas Eve and like let let's like relive the the family thing." I was like, "Cool. Well, Sam's gonna come with me, and uh, we're gonna bring our dog." And and she was like, "Yeah, but you guys can't sleep in the same room." And I'm like, "We've been together for three years." And what do you think? We're going to be like, oh, my God, we're in the same room at my parents' house what? and we've been living together for a year and a half. We finally have the chance to have sex. Yeah, like, yeah. We're you as turned on as I am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my mom's downstairs. Let's make her hear it. Yeah. <laughs> like, no. Check out my old baseball cards. Yeah. Are you wet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah I, they, this old bed, I peed in it. We yeah, shouldn't even yeah. be laying in it. Yeah. Yeah. This is where I used to jerk off and piss. Yeah. yeah. Are yeah. you hard? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't take my girlfriend to my childhood bed because that bed's so small, my feet don't even fit out of it anymore. Mm, can you I'll find be laying all down my like, boogers? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here's the wall. Yeah, that's not paint chips on the wall. Those are old boogers. Yeah, that's not, that's not spackling on the ceiling. Yeah. I had a bunk bed and, yeah. and imagination. Oh, babe, you want to watch a movie? Here's my little TV that has a VHR built inside of it. We can watch WrestleMania 18 Dude, all I got over a again. Knob on my TV. Yeah, <laughs> that was the shit. Oh, I missed the knobs on the TV. I was uh, at the Cleveland Hostel on Saturday, and they had one out there. It was fucking sweet. Yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. Mm. That, that'd be a would that be a good showroom, the Cleveland Hostel. No, yeah, but no. I don't think so. <laughs> what, 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 I don't know. I only been saw there. like one room, but the room I was in, no. <laughs> I have to tinkle. Oh, all right. Uh, all right, we'll stop there. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Dave, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, find me on uh, on. Uh, all right, I'm water cooler comedy. I do corporate comedy um, gigs. If so, if you're looking to, for a way to to make your staff laugh, um, I also train people to perform comedy. Do a little quick three minute set. Um, if you want to do a corporate comedy gig and you want a little cameo appearance from one of your executives. As we uh, all we'll, do. We'll do that. And then uh, have a professional comedy show in addition to that, as well as uh, training, speaking. Uh, I do it all, man. I, uh, work should be a place where you can laugh when you fuck up. The Swiss and Army li- knife of silliness over here. Those are the places that, yeah, well, it's all, it's all, it's, and I need to focus better, but it's all yeah. behind the Swiss why. Swiss Army knife of comedy. Yeah. yeah. Now, to Brian, though. The broken flashlight of comedy. Yeah, man. <laughs> oh, but when, oh, when it's bright, you can see, baby. Yeah. Yeah. But a lot There's... of times it doesn't work or you just leave it somewhere and you forget about yeah. it. Yeah, we, we should have ended 30 seconds ago. Yeah. <laughs> we should have ended 20 minutes yeah, ago. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it. Uh, happy holidays, everybody. We're taking a bit of a break for travel, for holidays, so we don't get COVID and all the other shit. We'll be back mid-November. We already have four or five guests lined up. So Mid-November. January. 
okay, you got it. I'm not good with calendars. There are ones in both of those months, so it's it's a classic error. It's a conundrum. Right, I'm going to edit that out, too. <laughs> as well as your podcast and everything else. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to ever make mistakes. <laughs> hey, guys, you guys I've never made a mistake. Are you guys yeah. going for Bernie in 2024? <laughs> <laughs> he ain't going to be alive. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm now asking for a, a dial-up again. Yeah. No, right? I just got used to AOL. Yeah. <laughs> 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 That's it. Great place to end 20 minutes ago. All right. Yeah. Thanks, guys. <laughs>